This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Alakazam! Alakazo! Open Sesame! Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction! We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello, hi! How are you? Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies we most for for review. The occasional commentary tracker some other film movie topic. This is so 495, 495. 495, wow, that's that's a nice number. I like it. It It is a nice number. Yeah. 495. And this week, we're, we've kicked off summer movie season because here we are talking Doctor Strange in... The Multiverse of Madness. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. That move, honestly, right? You know, Miles Boris from my review could have used more dun dun duns. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. More yeah. more organ dun dun duns. There was some organ play, which I was happy with. <laughs> it specifically spelled out some dun dun dun. It does not matter. We will get to more of this and more, more of my disappointments and the lack of dun dun duns as we'll get to it. But joining us to discuss Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, we have senior editor for Movie Bill. The Earth 838 version of him works at Castle Doom. It's Silas Lesnick. Who told you about that? (laughs) (laughs) Silas, glad to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm really happy that uh, Doctor Strange is kicking off the the summer movie season. Well, good. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for us to delve into the movie further as we go along. Uh, But first up, let's get to some quick show notes here. Uh, First up, as, as mentioned, Doctor Strange just kicked off the summer movie season. That also means it kicks off the uh, the beginning of the official beginning of our competition, the summer movie gamble. X. Exa- exactly, exactly the right time for that. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is our tenth summer movie gamble, where of course Abe and I, along with many friends of the show, we've all predicted what we think are going to be the top ten highest grossing films of the summer. We just recorded an episode last week talking all about what our picks are. Uh, not confused with Pixar. Um, we have uh, our our full list, all of our. Uh, our, uh, our contributors have made their predictions. I'll be post. I should have. I should post that very soon as well, so everybody can see yeah. where we get some uh, the, contributions from listeners. It's great. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what the the competition looks. Everybody, everyone will be able to see what the competition looks yeah. like. And um, as of this recording, it is Saturday, so it's not Sunday when we typically record. So we don't have the weekend numbers officially for Doctor Strange, but we do know that it opened to a whopping ninety million dollars yesterday. Only. Alone. Only. Yeah. Uh, so, so <laughs> it's certainly you know it's not opening low. Put it that way, as far as Doctor Strange goes, uh, right. it's uh, it's gonna open pretty strong, and many of us have it at either the number two or number one slot in our uh, in the gamble um, for the sake of that. Uh, so yeah, keep keep that in mind as we uh, not me continue <laughs> well, as we uh, continue further uh, down the road. We'll be updating as we normally do when it comes to the summer movie gamble. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on there. Uh, what else? New commentary track. Um, we uh, we will. It's new month, so we will be recording a new track soon. We did re- recently record a track for Face Off, which was super fun. You can listen to that now on iTunes or anywhere you can find podcasts. But if you go to iTunes, not only can you listen to our Face Off commentary track, you can also give us a rating and review, which would be wonderful. It pops up in the old iTunes charts. It would uh, you know give us some more attention there, and uh, be just it's just a nice thing to do. If you find our shows, search out now with our name, give us a star rating, and maybe even write a review. Give, or thanks so much in advance. I was gonna say, give us so much in advance. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so yeah, um, great, good stuff there. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's get to some out now quickies. Trademark. You took that one. You took that way with no quickies. Trademark. That's good. That's pretty good. Silas, let's hear from you. What have you seen recently? 
Uh, you know, it's been a, last week I was at CinemaCon and uh, this week I've just been catching up with stuff. Um, the, the big thing this for me this week was uh, Star Trek. Um, what Star Trek the, is this? The, the uh, finale of Picard and uh, the premiere of uh, Strange New Worlds. Oh, okay. If, if if I was a Star Trek fan, I'd be like, Corey, that's amazing, but it sounds like that's exciting. So what? what <laughs> yeah, were, on were Paramount they, Palouse. Were these yeah. were these good things? Was was it a good finale? Was it an exciting premiere? You know, uh, second season of Picard has some rough parts, and it didn't quite end as good as I wanted to. Um, Strange New Worlds, I thought was fantastic, and I'm I'm really really excited mm-hmm. that it's around. So to be clear, Picard stars Patrick Stewart, correct? It does, yes. And, and Strange New World stars Anson Mount. It does, yes. How could hmm, that's so that's that's really that's really interesting. Anyway, <laughs> any, any uh... <laughs> thank you for feigning interest. <laughs> we know that you're a Star Wars guy. <laughs> that that's not what I was going for with those names, but yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Abe, how about you? What have you seen recently? I have seen nothing new. Period. Although I did watch a lot of pieces of the Batman again, uh, just because my friend was watching it and we were texting back and forth um, while we were both watching it, but we had to go to sleep at some point. What, what pieces? Uh, uh, the beginning of the movie, all the way through um, Alfred's accident. So you watch like half the Batman. Is what yeah, you're exactly. I, I rewatched <laughs> half the Batman. It was like that's an easier way to phrase it. <laughs> But the, the fun part of it was texting back and forth where you're just like, oh, hey, like, don't you like the, the penguin waddle right there? So, you know, stuff like that. All right. Yeah. What about you? Uh, you know, there hasn't been a lot of new uh, films as of late, but I have watched some older things that I want to uh-huh. make note of. But before I get to that, there is some TV. I normally don't do TV too Ooh. often, but there is some TV that I want to make note well, of. We love it anyway. Uh, first up is Ozark. Um, it's final season. Uh, it's the, in its the part two of the final season, in fact, uh, debuted last week. And I finished Ozark now at this point. This is the series starring Jason Bateman and Laura Linney. Um, I enjoyed this final batch of episodes. I was uh, I was satisfied with how it concluded. So, uh, you know, you get, you get these shows that last several seasons. Sometimes it's like, eh, kind of went out of a whimper. This one, pretty good. I, I, was, I was happy. As a, as a show that's like, you know, we don't have Breaking Bad anymore and we're in between Better Call Saul's, not right now currently, like this will satisfy. And I was like, yeah, that, that did the job. It was fine. <laughs> but uh, it, it was a compelling watch. Uh, but the other thing I want to mention, Atlanta season three um has not ended yet has two more episodes uh but i've been reviewing atlanta for uh we live entertainment week by week and i just want to point out how this show is excellent every week i am just incredibly satisfied with what uh, donald glover and brian tyree henry and zazie beats and keith stanfield are delivering on this show mm-hmm. uh there's even episodes where none of them are involved whatsoever it's just like almost like an anthology series and yet it still delivers the goods um so just I, I'm, I, I heartily recommend Atlanta because it's just it's continuously uh, pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love Atlanta, and this season has been like exemplary. Mm-hmm. It's just it's wonderful. I've heard yeah. great shit. I've heard great things about it, but I haven't I haven't uh, watched season three yet. There's a Th- there's an amazing episode, even if you've never seen the show, that is is almost like a Black Mirror episode. It's yeah, just, I love. <laughs> there is a there is a cameo in this week's episode that I think is better than anything I saw in the movie we're going to talk about later. Whoa! <laughs> but, um, anyway, uh, other things I watched. Uh, first up, I was watching a lot of Nick Cage films uh, before The Unbearable Weight of Madness. Uh, mm-hmm. One that I could not find that I really wanted to watch was Red Rock West. Little did I know that this 
wonderful neo-noir from the 90s was lurking around on Peacock. And so I was finally able to watch Red Rock West again, which I had not seen. And I think since Dennis Hopper died, which is about 10 years ago at this point, mm-hmm. uh, that is just a fantastic neo-noir. Um, that would pair well with something like Blood Simple, for example. But it's just a really solid Western, or like, a, like a Western neo-noir type thing. It's a, it's a, really, it's a really good movie. Did you uh, watch it with commercials on Peacock or you watched it nope. at premium? Uh, I, I guess I have premium by default. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, there were no commercials that accompanied this. Got it. Um, but, you know, just good stuff. And the last thing I watched that I want to mention um, is a movie um, that was on Hoopla. Uh, but I'll back up and provide some context. Uh, I guested on the Battleship Retention podcast this week with uh, David Bax. Um, and we talked about Sidney Poitier, who passed away earlier uh, this year. Uh, so we talked about the films of Sidney Poitier. And there's one that I had not seen before called Paris Blues. Um, and after recording said podcast, I found it on Hoopla. Uh, and this is a wonderful movie. It stars Sidney Poitier, Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward, Diane Carroll, and Duke Ellington. Um, and it's about uh, these two guys, Poitier and Newman who are jazz musicians that have left America in the 60s to go to Paris to just get away from everything, to get away from more overt racism and various things and just like go to a jazz club, play jazz music and just like be guys living in Paris doing like living a life. Uh, the the uh, Woodward uh, and, uh, and, um, and, and and Carol, they arrive as tourists and they meet these guys and the movie's just about them like living, like just having a good time together and living life. It's just a really solid movie with some great music in it. So I was very, uh, very satisfied with Paris Blues. What, what, a, what a nice, relaxing time that sounds. It, it really was. It was just like a nice, <laughs> relaxing watch. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, all the Owen Wilson parts of being back in Paris uh, without him having to come back to the present. You know, you, you mentioned that and you're not wrong. Like there's a lot <laughs> of like cool location shooting that's not like calling attention to the fact that it's in Paris and the same, like similar to Midnight in Paris where the movie's set there, but like the cinematography is like, yeah, we're showing you the city and we're showing you great like geog- geographical locations, but we're not like emphasizing like, here's the Eiffel Tower. It's more like, here's just what Paris looks like at this time. Mm-hmm. And it does a good job with that. Nice. So yeah, that's what I've been watching. There you go. That's it how quick it is. Trademark. All right, let's move on now. Let's uh, let's get to one of these, one of the big things we're going to talk about this week in our in some trailer talk, where we talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week. What is coming out, what we thought of it, what have you. And this week we have the first trailer for avatar colon the way of water this is of course the follow-up film to 2009's avatar that has taken many years uh, i'm sorry you said 2009 2009 Mm, okay just confirming yeah and we've got we've gotten all the way to to the to the legs of of legacy sequel status for avatar at this point uh with james cameron's final uh follow-up uh to of course the academy award-winning avatar and the current highest grossing film of all time uh so we saw footage we got a glimpse of this thing. Si- Silas. <laughs> I was like, wow, you just, you're so blown away by it. You're speechless. I, I had to take a breath to get to the rest of this discussion we're about to have about this trailer. Silas, I assume you saw this at CinemaCon, if I'm not mistaken. I did, yes, uh, in to, 3D, which was cool. Were you able Ooh. to see it again since? or? No, I haven't. Regardless, I, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on the on just the, the footage that we've got from this trailer alone? I'm a, a little mixed. Uh, I, I I'm not a a huge avatar fan um i I like the first movie just fine i don't think i've seen it since theaters uh and i'm i'm there for the second one like i'll i'll be there i'll i'll check it out in in whatever format is is deemed the best way to see it that being said if you told me that that trailer was made entirely of footage from the first movie i would believe you fair enough hey how about you what did you think of seeing this footage i 
I don't know if I'm famous for it, but I guess I'm, I'm I've, I think I'm on the, I've known that I am okay with the movie. Seeing this trailer, I was like, oh, I can't be late to the theater because uh, it might be the first trailer that's there. And I was like running a few minutes behind. Oh, and I was no, kind of really worried. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it comes on as the last trailer uh, right before the movie starts. And I, I, I want to react, or I'm sorry, I want to comment on the reaction from my audience too, where a lot of people in the theater were like, what? They're making a new avatar. It was really fun to have that experience in the theater of people not knowing what they were going to see as the trailer coming out. As far as the trailer goes itself, I mean, I, I'm kind of agreeing with Silas where it's like, hey, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like additional footage from X, Y, or Z. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I really dug that the underwater sequences look pretty great. I mean, Aaron and I talked about this uh, in our Nights episode last week where um, Cameron just, he's not going to do things just to do them. He does them to be like the best at it and destroy everybody else in his way. So, I mean, I, the visuals look great. I am curious about what happens here. It seems as though there uh, a lot of time has progressed um, in terms of additional people that you see on the screen. So I'm curious about it, but I think that I'm still more curious about the technology that was created for this movie um, and and kind of just seeing what um, that has to offer. I mean, you, you mentioned the water, and I mean, the fact that water is largely absent in the first film is why I would never confuse this for the first movie. Sure, I, sure. I'm, I'm very impressed by what it looks like so far and this is just the trailer like is that like it's not finished yet is my assumption as far as like where things go but even without the water specifically looking at what i'm seeing here as a person that likes avatar plenty like i'm not going over the moon not dressing up as navi you know and (laughs) get doing you know sahalo for halloween and stuff but i remember the terms uh but um (laughs) the you know the movie I find to be quite impressive, but it's not, yeah, it's not one that I necessarily revisit all the time because yeah, I like the same way. I don't revisit dark Knight all the time. I like seeing it on such a giant format where it's like, yeah, it's fun at home, I guess. But um, so like, regardless, like seeing a new one of these, like, yeah, I, I want to see what Cameron's vision is for this and watching this trailer. In addition to the water stuff, which I do think is very cool. And um, I feel like we're just scratching the surface on what he has in store. Cause I want to see how deep these waters go, which I'm sure that's ah. part of it. Don't go chasing uh, waterfalls. Listen to the river. It's the way of the water. <laughs> uh, but I mean, there. what I noticed uh, the most is that there's a lot of like deliberate close-ups to show you like how detailed these creatures are at this point. These Navi are. And I do like, I do think if you put these like side by side with the 2009 one, you'd see a difference. And it's not like that one looked bad either. Like that's, a, that's an amazing looking movie. But I... I I, I think you can really see like the advancement even since then when he invented technology to make the first movie. So it's like, there's not much to go on as far as what's going on in this film, because that's, it's a teaser. Um, sure. But, you know, as far as impressions based off, Hey, he's finally showing us what this movie's going to look like. I was, I was impressed. Like I, it was nice to be like, okay, there's more of this. And now there's like a bunch of sea monsters and stuff too. And I'm like, yeah, that, I'm into that. I'm into sea monsters and all, whatever else is going to happen in this thing. Uh, so like, uh, I, you know, I was already looking forward to it by default because it's the new James Cameron movie, but you know, I wasn't unimpressed by the footage <laughs> that I saw. Sure. Uh, with that in mind, we are, you know, by having a new avatar, that also means that 3D, which is not necessarily gone away, but it's certainly going to be back on the rise with this movie alone. Silas, does that excite you at all? Do you, do you want more like really good 3D, which we presume this will probably be? You know, I, I don't really care about 3D. 
I do think I'm going to like try to see Doctor Strange in 3D uh, just because it seems like a movie that would be fun for that. Uh, and it, it's the first movie in a while where I've heard people recommend the 3D version. Uh, but mostly I, I would rather not see a movie in 3D. What about the high frame rate aspect of it? I, I'm mixed on it. I don't think there was enough of it uh, in, in the footage to, to really adjust to it. So it, it had that jarring sense. But I remember going to see uh, The Hobbit in theaters and, and purposefully went to see the high frame rate just to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. And while I didn't like it, I, I will admit that after 30 minutes or so, I was much more adjusted to it than I was immediately sitting down. How about you, Abe? As far as the 3D aspect? Yeah, both. I mean, I'm, I'm down to see it in 3D. I mean, I remember watching it on MX3D in 2009 when it came out, and I was like, hey, yeah, this looks pretty cool. Um, but as far as, like, 3D goes, um, you know, when, when used well, uh, it's, it's really good. And you and I have talked about examples in the past, like um, Hugo, mm-hmm. uh, which was used really well. And I, I missed Coraline in 3D, but, you know. Another uh, really great one, yeah. Yeah, and and um, I was curious around some of the 3D in, in Doctor Strange as well, which we'll get to later, uh, I'm sure. But uh, I watched in flat 2D. But um, you know, uh, as far as 3D goes, when used well and when used appropriately, and again, like what I mentioned earlier, just like in the hands of James Cameron, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to seeing it. But I, I didn't really notice anything when I was watching the trailer uh, on on screen. How about more high frame rate? So we've talked about this a number of times. I, this way. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't in this trailer, at least for regular screens. Like, it, was, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't presented that way for theaters. Okay. Got it. Yeah, because like I didn't really notice any high frame rates. I wonder if I I just need to go see it in a premium format or something. But as far as high frame rates go, um, I, I I dig when directors are trying things. Like I I dig when Ang Lee did it for um, uh, Lee Lin's long halftime walk. And, yeah, that one. And Gemini Man. And, and Gemini Man, I, I miss, I missed, uh, yeah, I missed uh, Joe Alwyn middle halftime walk, but um, I watched some of the the clips. There's like a clip at 64 FPS on YouTube, and I was like, oh, this actually does make sense for what he's trying to go for. And he explained it around uh, what he was trying to use it for in that movie. As far as like Gemini Man, I was like, you know, it's a choice, <laughs> but uh, I, I I'm kind of like a fan of like 24 FPS, even though. Um, you know, when it calls for it, I would be curious to see like how it could be how it could be used and maximized. But what about you? What about on both? I, I you know, we talked about this on Gemini Man on that episode where I think Ang Lee has been the closest as far as filmmakers to when it comes to like narrative features as opposed to like, you know, documentaries or whatnot. I think Ang Lee's been the closest to getting it in a way where I appreciate what the format offers. Cause it's not my favorite type of thing, but I think in the way he used it in specifically in the action for Gemini Man as well as um, the actual walk in the, and the, there's like some war scenes at Billy's halftime's what Billy Lynn's halftime walk that I, that worked well. I thought as like, I could see why this is a valuable asset you could use if in the proper way. Um, does it excite me for avatar in the hands of James Cameron? Yes. I guess, frankly, like I, this movie's going to come out in December and have like every format possible. There's like 3d with 60 frames, 120 frames, uh 48 frames 2d versions as well like he's like has like every theater is going to be maximized to some degree to have some premium version of this thing and i i'm very curious what the like silas what you mentioned is like for far as what the 
the the the proper way is to <laughs> to see this thing. I'm curious what that actually what what's what setting we're supposed to choose <laughs> to to get the maximized experience for Avatar. Uh, I want to know what that's going to be, and I like I don't know what you do differently with that beyond just apply it to certain kinds of narratives. But I mean, for a giant adventure effects heavy story, yeah, I'm curious what a Avatar will look like. You know, relying on that as well as a 3D, which I did like for the first Avatar. I thought it was valuable as far as a format from like an aesthetic standpoint but also because of the narrative where you're literally being pulled into a world via this technology that you know turned a guy into a thing so it's like well there's a there's some meta commentary going on there so i don't we'll see what that that applies in any way to this one i'm curious but yeah i, no, I, I do mm-hmm. think there's something interesting about uh like watching the hobbit one of the things that took me out of it was seeing costuming and makeup that almost looks too good yeah. and therefore looks fake. Yeah, and I see. the world of Pandora does something cool just in that you, there's nothing to compare it to. It's mm-hmm. its its own thing. And as long as it feels real, I, I, I'm curious if the high frame rate can, can help push that forward. Right. Yeah. And since you largely have digital environments and characters, yeah, that's a... I don't want to say... It's like the best version of a video game, but that feels that feels more something to be in common with as opposed to like actual people. But then again, it's like photo real. So what do I know? Like, it's, I, I'm curious what this all turns out to be mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, By the way, last question: Is he shooting just certain sections in high frame rate, or the whole thing is? I assume the whole thing is wow done that way. I mean, two hours and forty minutes of high frame rate. I mean, those hot same same with those Hobbit movies. I mean. <laughs> and they had three of them. <laughs> I mean, there's there's four of these coming, which leads me to. I mean, we don't have much to go on, but yeah, we have. Sure. We have, you know, we have this one, and then we have more coming. I, I feel like when we get more of this, we can maybe address more of what to expect from not one, not two, not three, but four more Avatar movies. But mm-hmm. that's a conversation to come. Uh, regardless, Avatar. When the way of water arrives in theaters December sixteenth, so be that, that title's a little weird, uh, just because Avatar and Avatar: The Last Airbender mm-hmm. are already sort of are similar. To have the subtitle be "The Way of Water" just feels even more like it's Last Airbender, right? But well, somebody did send me a nice uh, text that said, "Like I can't tell if Ang or Katara, Ang and uh, Sokka are going to be in this movie." Like, yeah, I can't tell either. Well, it's weird that the next one's called Avatar Revenge of the Fire Kingdom. So, I mean, well, it's a bold choice, but we'll see how that pays off for them. I think they're the Fire Nation, but... I, the Fire Nation's from Avatar The Last Airbender. Right? That's something uh, completely different. I don't know what you're talking about, but it doesn't have anything to do with James Cameron's Avatar. Can't wait. Do you, you think he wants to get sued? Like, what are you, what are you doing? He's got the money. <laughs> he's kicking the world. Yeah. What do you think? He's, he's sitting with a billion dollars just doing nothing? That's not his money. He seems like the least busy, the, the, the least unbusy person on earth. Like, honestly. James Cameron? So, yes. <laughs> the least unbusy The least person. unbusy person. Like, yeah. he wakes up and he's mixing something. I guarantee it. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I feel like he's also, like, the most, like, on pins and needles, like, the, the guy who's the most high-strung. Because, like, is this technology ready yet? You know, he's just, like, waking up every day screaming at, like, the engineers. Well, he's a taskmaster, sure, but he always seems so zen in interviews. It's, it's like whatever he does, <laughs> he knows how to keep it together in front of the camera. There you go. Yeah. He knows how to play the game. Give me cams. All right. 
Let's move on. Let's get to our main review for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The nightmare begins. I did what I had to do. To protect our world. You cannot control everything, Strange. You opened the doorway between universes. We don't know who or what will walk through it. Wanda, what do you know about the multiverse? Viz had his theories. He believed it was dangerous. He was right. That should have been some of the trailer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The last time we saw a Doctor Strange movie was two presidents ago in November 2016. Uh, since then, there have been four Spider-Man movies, as well as two Venoms and a Morbius. With that said, Strange hasn't been a stranger to the MCU, having popped up in a Thor, a Spider-Man, and a couple of Avengers films. Now he's back in a film themed around the increasingly popular subject of the multiverse, where he must navigate his way through unknown territory in an effort to protect young America Chavez from someone looking to steal her powers to travel through the multiverse at will. At the same time, Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch, is also intrigued by the power of the multiverse, given her continued trauma following the events, the events of the Avengers and her series WandaVision. Which magic all-star will best handle these alternate realities of infinite nature? Uh, we will find out. But I will say, before we get into things, there are obviously a number of things that happen in these MCU movies that necessitate talking about spoilers or what have you. So I will say, as we go through our reviews here, We'll give some general thoughts as we normally do, and then I'll just say things are going to be open open territory as far as what we're going to discuss. So if you have not seen Doctor Strange and are concerned with various secrets and what have you that comes out in this movie, uh, be sure to pause this you know podcast, go see Doctor Strange, and immediately come back and do nothing else but listen to the rest of this podcast. Yeah, um, as as that's how it's required and by law, that's what happens, and we'll find exactly. out. Exactly, California State Law, Penal Code four nine five. The episode number nailed it. <laughs> and that's exactly memory banks that's the numbers that they are yeah they're three numbers uh, all right with all that said silas how did director sam Raimi fare with bringing a second doctor strange film to life and what did you think of the film i loved it i i don't think i've left as happy from a marvel movie uh, probably since winter soldier hmm. want to expand on that why'd you love this movie i i like that uh it's, I mean, it's Sam Raimi through and through. There are so many uh, things that have sort of reappeared in each of his movies uh, that doing a story about the multiverse is almost like this super auteur thing where like, oh yeah, it expands out to everything else you've ever made. Uh, like his last movie was Oz the Great and Powerful. And like, once again, we have a, a story about traveling to fantastic worlds and fighting witches. Yeah, yeah. Well, Abe, how about you? Where would you think of the the second Doctor Strange film? You know, for the, the second Doctor Strange film, I I'm still thinking about it. I'm still processing how I'm feeling about it completely. My my for sure takeaways are that um, there's a lot of like setup in the beginning, and then when Sam Raimi is cooking, he's fucking cooking, and it's fucking great to see him just be like, "This is a weird like sci uh, slasher horror movie that I'm going to put right in the middle of this movie." And it's going to be like a, 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 a movie that keeps going. Like the pace is just there to the end of the movie. And I really dug that about it too, is just that it doesn't really take time to, to say like, hey, by the way, like let's stop and like give, there are moments, small moments here and there, but they don't really give you a lot of exposition outside of like, hey, 
we set it up in media res and Dr. Strange has to go on this journey with this, uh, uh, a few of his, his compatriots and weird stuff's going to happen. And you know what? Uh, if you, if you're a fan of like, I think like, um, movies that go crazy in a controlled way, I hope that I'm saying this in uh, correctly, you're going to really enjoy what happens in this movie as it picks up steam. So I, I would say that I'm, I'm like, I'm better than okay with it. I didn't love it, but I, I just really loved certain parts of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is. And I think controlled chaos sounds like what you're hmm. aiming at as far as kind of the mix of things going on here. Sure. Um, and if anything, more Raimi chaos. But yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I agree with both of you guys. I wouldn't say I put this at top tier, Marvel, but I certainly enjoyed it a lot. And I think it, a lot of it comes down to the fact that Raimi really did get to do his thing in this movie, which is something I was very concerned with. If we get just a stock Marvel movie that happens to have a big name director, or at least a big name director when it comes to movie geekdom, or if it would be something where the director actually gets to really inject his personality into the proceedings. And I do think that's very much the case here, even with whatever quibbles I find with it. Mm-hmm. Um, this has to be one of the biggest a wizard did it movies I've ever seen, <laughs> as far as the logic being thrown at the walls and just asking you to stick with it and not really focus on how things make sense or whatnot. And that generally comes with the territory of magic, where it's like, if you want to pick be that guy that picks everything apart and finds, you know, holes or what have you go ahead and have a miserable time, I guess. But I'm sitting here thinking like, yeah, a wizard did it and I move on with my life. And that's kind of a lot of what was <laughs> happening here. Um, I, that, With that in mind, that's, I think what the goal, like, you know, I was looking at this thinking like, what's the, what's the goal of a Doctor Strange movie versus an Iron Man movie or a Thor movie? And I, I think it comes down to seeing Stephen Strange being pushed back against the wall and using his wits in whatever ways he can, given the abilities afforded to him to, work that out and i liked how this film was able to tackle that where it provides you know a very powerful wizard with obstacles that are not easy for him to solve mm-hmm. and within that box i i think it's narrow enough where it does feel like a doctor strange adventure that happens to have a few other characters but not too many and it also keeps the scope fairly narrow for as far as a overall plotting uh, aspect and like momentum of the entire MCU. I like that this was a fairly this was a like big standalone movie. I think the implication of just using the word multiverse, many thought that implied it'd be some game changer when it comes to the entire MCU. And I like that it wasn't really that. This was just a movie about very simple things to the point of the plot being extremely thin, which I don't think it's necessarily a flaw because I liked what I was seeing within this very thin story. I like that it was just basically a chase movie with yeah. overt Terminator references, um, <laughs> among other things, Very among very many Raimi things. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge Raimi fan. I'm sure, Silas, I know you are as well. And um, it was nice to see very clear references do things, or at least stuff that felt exactly like what I would expect Sam Raimi to do in certain situations, along with various subversions of certain things that I was not expecting, uh, which is the point of subversion. Um, So like on the whole, yes, I think there's a lot of fun to be had here, uh, particularly ghoulish fun, which is something that made me very happy uh, as far as how things wound up (laughs) for many characters in this film. You mentioned, you mentioned the ghoulishness of it. And I'd like to, to uh, get Salas's read on this too, but um, like, I enjoy Sam Raimi. Like, I don't know if I've seen all, I, his, I definitely haven't seen his entire filmography the way that probably you and, and Silas have, 
Um, but when he does do the Sam Raimi things of like handhelds and like zoom ins and like shaky, like there's a monster and I'm trying to like shake it off me, but you're looking at the POV of the monster. Uh huh. I really enjoyed all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I really just dug that. Like what I'm trying to uh, convey is that those are the things that that's where I felt where you felt where you if you let Sam Raimi just do his Sam Raimi things, it does feel more like a standalone movie. The things that I didn't feel that worked as well are, are things that like, hey, by the way, remember when Wanda lived in this house by herself in the woods and remember all this other stuff about her two kids. And it's not that that's not important. It's just that it definitely felt as though I was like, OK, I've got to attach some things to previously um, existing uh, IP and then I can make my movie. I see where you're coming from there. What I appreciated about this film was that it there's obvious I mean it's tied to a larger universe which is sure. you know comes to the territory but what I liked was you don't really need to do much work to get this movie like there's no homework here like if you've seen Avengers if you've seen the second biggest movie of all time and if you've seen <laughs> Doctor Strange you're set like I don't think like I think it's smart I think Kevin Feige is smart enough to know that not everyone's going to watch a TV show mm -hmm. and despite there being yes it being a WandaVision TV show that like directly leads to this I mean, going judging by the fact that my dad saw this movie with me at the screening and did not see WandaVision and hardly remember, hardly keeps up with the MCU as far as needing to remember details of X, he was completely fine watching this movie and as far as like the, the stuff involving like Wanda's character or whatnot. I'm not saying that, yes, there is a, there's a, a, a necessity to add details and like bog you down, not necessarily just her stuff, sure, sure. but like stuff in general, because that's the nature of these kind of movies. And that's what does hold it back for me. Yeah, as far as not being like on the top, but it's not even like that. Those are bad things. It's just more like, yeah, all right. There's the usual like Marvel stuff that we have to kind of add here before we get to like, you know, the the main event, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, but yeah, once we get there, I was <laughs> was very very happy with. Well, Silas, what do you think? Because you're saying you love this movie. Like, did you were you happy just from the get go with what it was doing? Yeah, well, so it's interesting. At, at, at CinemaCon, they played the first 20 minutes. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. I, my honestly, my heart sank a little when I watched it, yeah. uh, in, in part because I hate seeing 20 minutes of a movie. Yeah, that sucks. When I'm seeing the movie a all. couple days later. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and it also just, it felt very CGI, like, at, at the beginning. Right. And for whatever reason, when I, when I saw it in the theater, it didn't, I, I don't know if I was prepared for it, but it didn't bug me at all. I, I liked that the pacing just goes with it. Mm -hmm. it's it's a weird thing with marvel movies where i i do think there are people that get confused because they feel like it's this big crazy universe and that they missed something but i don't think it's necessarily that they actually missed something it's just that they are worried that they're not getting something that their friends seem to be getting mm -hmm. um the, the movie is actually really simple like the, the rules for traveling the multiverse are pretty much the same as the Wizard of Oz. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. You know, we we Abe and I've talked about everything, everywhere, all at once. The obvious other multiverse movie that came out recently, and it's like that's a movie where it wants to define rules and give things to you in a very fun and exciting way. This movie is far less concerned with having a huge strategy to map out like what it is that you know constitutes how you can do this how you can do that it's just more of like yeah a portal opens eventually and you go through a thing like it's not it's not finding too much uh nuance uh to the the, the science of it all or the magic of it all it's just more mm -hmm. of yeah this thing exists it's basically like traveling to another planet uh, like there's not but with the difference being there's other versions of you 
in these different areas. Mm-hmm. And and that is an area where I, I I wonder if there was, I'm curious what you guys thought, if there was a, enough exploration of the fact that there's a multiverse containing multiple versions of other people, if they played, if you thought they played with that enough or if there could have been more of it. Because I, I, lo- I look at it thinking like, it's fun to see other stranges. I would have liked to see more stranges. And I'm not sure I got like a whole lot of that variety. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there. I It's always fun to see actors playing themselves as themselves in other locations. Mm-hmm. Um, like whether it's a, a, a slapstick comedy or just like something like this or something even more dramatic like uh, adaptation or something like that, right? But I, I think that there's, um, for one character, I think for Wanda specifically, it would have been interesting to see more of that just because she has like an arc in this movie where I felt as though if I had sort of kind of like given her uh, or if I'd been given more time with her, like her, her, uh, what's the word where like her obsession uh-huh. with trying to get to, you know, her kids, that would have been a really powerful moment for what they do uh, with her, with her arc in this um, and even like the conclusion of the story, I, I, I would love to see more, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch being Benedict Cumberbatch uh, with weird ponytails and like weird facial hair. See, that's what, uh, I, that's what I'm getting at. We need more yeah. like diverse looking hairstyles of Dr. Please, yeah. <laughs> please. That, that's more fun. Like I, it was fun to pick out like the, um, the differences in his facial hair where he's like, oh, he's got like, you know, he's got like the, the weird like uh, prongs in his, in his go- goatee, but mm-hmm. Uh, with all that being said, I, I think it works for some characters. For some, I don't think it works as well. But in, in general, like, of course, I love seeing like weird worlds and like people going to explore because what 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 else would you want to do with these types of movies where you have um, this whole entire concept of a multiverse and you're just like, let's go to one world, you know, like that's kind of boring, right? They don't go to one world here, but I'm just saying generally, like if you just choose one other destination, that's kind of boring. Well, Silas, what do you think? Do you, do you like how they embrace the multiverse here? Yes and no. Like, I, I totally agree that Doctor Strange just going through 100 different realities would be super cool and it would have my interest. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary for this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think that at this point, the door's open. Like, this is the movie that, while it doesn't specifically move the Marvel Cinematic Universe forward in, like, specific narrative ways so much, I do think it opens the door to... We are finally at a point where absolutely anything is possible sure. in this comic book universe. I, I really like that bravura sequence of America and Strange, like blasting through a bunch of different universes at once. And it's like, yeah. a big, it's like a, I guess a 360 shot is the way to call it, where it kind of goes around the characters as they're going through these different worlds. And you're seeing a variety of stuff, including like paint land, animated mm-hmm. world. Um, what seems to be a, a world that's just moving elevators <laughs> um, and, and dinosaur land apparently <laughs> there's a lot of just stuff and I, I I really like that's I'm not I agree with you I'm not saying like I needed a movie that's just all of that constantly but I did like that we get this this big effect sequence that effect you know similar to the first Doctor Strange film where you just have him going through the mind whatever you want to call it is when the when the uh the ancient one just pushes him through to see like what what oh, thi- sure. yeah what's what things are capable of if you right i guess you know open your mind to other concepts yeah this is like a similar kind of sequence to that uh it from a um a, a viewer a viewer standpoint i did see this a second i saw it on at the press screening uh mm-hmm. last week but i also saw it again earlier today in 3d because i wanted to see what it looked like in 3d because uh-huh. uh, the first doctor strange is a really solid 3d that, that there's like 
I want to say two, maybe three Marvel movies are like 3D actually works really well for this. And it's the Ant-Man movies and this, or or sorry, the first Doctor Strange. Um, This one, I wasn't as impressed. I think it's because the first one emphasizes like mirrors and more Inception-like visual effects more, if you know what I mean? Like the kind of the way the worlds are moving and there's a lot of gravity-defying stuff going on. Mm-hmm. This one is not really like that. It's more about the, you know, the nature of the environment as opposed to the dimensions of the environment. Um, so it's like, it's not like it's unimpressive. Like it still looks good because it's really good visual effects or what have you. But I, I was like thinking, well, that doc, that first Dr. Strange really like embraced, you know, something that plays with dimension, which makes sense for a 3D presentation. Where this sure. Not- yeah, I can hear what you're saying there. I, I, I do have a question for you guys as far as like um, uh, the characters are kind of going. Sure. I'm curious, like, what you guys think about Doctor Strange as a standalone, not not as like Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. It's more like, do you guys feel as though he plays better off of people, or kind of like as his own? Like, he's fine holding up his own and the bargain. Silas, what do you think? I I like like, I don't really like him that much by himself. Mm-hmm. I think he needs someone to play off of, mm-hmm. and I think it's one of the reasons that America Chavez works so well, uh, because on the one hand she's a kid it's not that different than peter parker but she does something that he doesn't begin to understand and she has seen things that he can't begin to understand so it's really cool to suddenly have that power dynamic shift Mm -hmm. that's an interesting way to put it because i agree with you i wish there was more for her to do in this movie because she's largely a plot device as opposed to a character and i'm Mm -hmm. sure future adventures can expand on her more what have you um but i do agree with you as far as you know strange is a know-it-all right is it's you know he's one of the smartest guys and he prides himself on that which is his flaw um and it's interesting to see him come up with a challenge where it's like i don't know everything (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. what the first movie kind of explored with like you know with the ancient one showing him that there's you know more than just being a great surgeon um but yeah, as far as a standalone character, I agree. As far as it's, it's like, there's nothing wrong with what Cumberbatch is doing, but as far as Strange himself, yeah, he needs Wong by his side or he needs to be, you know, quipping against Peter Parker or Tony Stark or what have you to, I think, come alive more because I wasn't, sure. I wasn't huge on Strange in the first film as far as the character. Uh, he was just, you know, this egomaniac that like, or, you know, goes through the traditional origin story superhero stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's fine. It's, it, at least, you know, the other things around it, I thought were really good. This movie, or, you know, since then we had him have a lot of fun in the Avengers films and in Spider-Man or whatnot. So it's like, I, I really liked him. I really liked Benedict Cumberbatch's performance more in those movies compared to his own movie. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, that we're, now that we're back here, I'll wrap up. Now that we're no, back, no, now that we're back here. I, you know, I have this kind of history with Strange because he's popped up in so many places, but it does show like the limits, I think, of this character as a, you know, the focus of a storyline, which is why uh, Elizabeth Olsen's uh, uh, Wanda, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's, the, that's the best performance in this movie. That's the best character, I think, as far as if there's someone we want to get something out of, she's the one that's delivering something that's interesting to me. Yeah, I, I would... I'm on, I'm on the same page as you, Aaron, where I, well, sadly, you too. I mean, I think that the Doctor Strange character is, he's a stronger <laughs> character. I've been watching the original or the, the first Doctor Strange, like more so than I had in the past, like 10 years, or it hasn't been out for 10 years. But, you know, I, I've watched it a few more times. I'm like, you know, I do dig what they're doing with this movie, kind of like how they're establishing Doctor Strange. Um, 
as far as like this, how he interacts in this one compared to Endgame or Infinity War, I think that Doctor Strange just needs like another like person to really jive off of. And I agree with you that Wong is there, but he's not really there. Um, and then America Chavez is there too, but yeah, she she kind of serves as like a plot device. And I love Rachel McAdams, but they don't really they kind of they try to give Rachel McAdams more things to do in in this one. But there's also still not a whole lot of like challenging Doctor Strange the way that like a Thanos could or like you know a, a Tony Stark could. Um, and I think that like that's where the injury for me is is like he's a really smart guy, but he's like the smartest guy in the room all the time. And that kind of it's not that it's boring. It's just like, well, you know, what well, well, where's the challenge? So there is like a scene later um, where I was like, this is actually a really interesting scene that I'm watching because he is sort of like being challenged in some way that is like uh, on quote unquote on the same levels. So um, anyway, long story short is like, I, I would think that I think that they kind of need to give Dr. Strange like another uh, in the third one, when they get around to it, it would be fun to see him kind of like team up or something um, because I think he really plays off well with other um, Marvel MCU Avengers. Uh, but you know, like the way that they've established his side characters in his universe, all those side characters are like very lowly established. Like here's a here's a thought. Do you like? Do you think he now? This comes from the fact that it's a Sam Raimi movie where Sam Raimi likes to torture his leads. <laughs> did <laughs> Did you think that he's on stu- screen or like uh, off camera? <laughs> both. Okay. Um, okay. Both. Honestly, <laughs> um, I, I had no idea about the off screen part. <laughs> well, it's, I mean. <laughs> Watch some behind the scenes on Evil Dead. How much <laughs> Bruce Campbell's getting beat up in those movies? Yeah, but they're friends from like high school. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. <laughs> I'm just saying tor- torture. Torture comes in many forms. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, or watch the bloopers with Spider Man and how much they beat up Toby because it's hilarious. <laughs> um, but the, I, I wonder, like, I guess because you know Stephen Strange has a certain kind of respectability to himself because that's the kind of character he is. But do, sure. do you do you think the movie would have benefited benefited from him suffering more? Like I guess I mean he kind of does because there's other versions of him that suffer. But do you think this version of him needed to suffer more? If, suffer. if that would if, if that would make him more I don't know relatable or more intriguing to watch, like this guy that's constantly getting beat up on. Oh, um, you mean physically or or psychologically? Either way, like just something okay. that shakes up his. Like you know, because his demeanor throughout this movie, he's ra- he seems rarely he's shaken by what's yeah. happening. Even though he's like going to a dimension where like everything is blown away, um, except for like him living in like you know his sanctum. Um, I I think that would be interesting. I don't think that's where the MCU wants to go with sure. a lot of these. And this is kind of like not to tangent off, but I'll write this down as a side note. This is kind of like where the DC things are just like we're going to make our own movies. Like Batman's going to be its own thing. Like we'll, we'll make, we'll team up every once in a while, but he's going to go on his own adventures that are full, complete stories. Um, I was like, that's kind of what I think that this is sort of missing is like, if they did give me like, Oh, you know what? He doesn't get the girl at the end. And Michael Stuhlbarg is being addicted to him um, even more. So, and then like, you're just like, Oh, he drinks himself to death kind of thing. Um, and then he wakes up at like in a weird dream. Like that'd be interesting too, but that's not, I don't think that's what, what the vision is for um, this phase four. Michael Stuhlbarg, by the way, sixth build. 
he has one scene. He's still yeah, yeah. this thing. I was like, how many lines does he have? He's like two him. lines. <laughs> it makes me wonder if they had a longer opening and they cut some of his stuff out or something. Because they didn't do like reshoots. That was a famous. I mean, they, like they did a great job on his hair and makeup too. Oh, his, his hair like, looked great. Yeah, just come in disheveled. <laughs> his, his hair looked wonderful. <laughs> He, he does play like a, an important moment because like you say, Doctor yeah. Strange is super confident. Yeah. Doctor Strange is super powerful. Uh, he is kind of like giving us who Doctor Strange is after these last five years through him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because they both went through the exact same thing. They had the exact same job. They were both in love with the exact same person. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we, we, we don't get to see Stephen Strange break, I do like that Michael Stubarg gives us that at the very top of the story. Oh, sure. I, I'm not complaining sure. about the presence of Michael Stuhlbarg. He's great. <laughs> he's, <laughs> it's just, I'm so, like, he's on the poster. And it's like, it's, the, you know, when you look at relative to how much he's in this movie, it's like, good good for his agent yeah. <laughs> to negotiate that deal to make sure he's and, yeah. widely present in the marketing material. As far as he does have a character poster. He's probably going to have one in, like, uh, in the international uh, pictures, I'm sure. I hope so. I'll find it. I'll post it in the media. Yeah. But I, I think that there's also, like, you know, what Marvel is really good at, and this one has a lot of it, too, is a lot of, like, if you know Easter eggs and you know what's kind of coming. And so, you know, I'm sure that there's, like, things that uh, Michael Zilberg has uh, up his sleeve for later as well. But if they want to keep using them, you know, I'm curious for sure. Right. Um, I, I want to get to a couple questions before we get into, I guess, some of the spoiler stuff. But um, how are you guys feeling with Phase Four? This is about the middle of the movie. This is like this is like entry number five. We're gonna go into entry six with Thor, and then that'll be like the middle of Phase Four, plus all the TV shows that Aaron you you generously listed all out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious, like, how you guys both are feeling with Phase Four, where it's going, um, kind of like what's your interest level? Is there fatigue? I'd be curious. Sounds what do you think? Uh, so I, I, I will admit, I think phase four started a little slow for me. And I mean, the pandemic is a big part of that. Sure. But we, we had Black Widow delayed for so long. And it wasn't, I don't think it was a bad movie, but I, it wasn't really I something I was super into. Um, I like Shang-Chi quite a bit, uh, but I didn't love that it sort of became third act CGI fest by the end. Uh, Eternals looked beautiful, but it didn't quite win me over. So it's been kind of a slow phase four. On television, I think things have been working much better. Um, I, I, I think the only one that I thought was really shaky was Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't love the end of WandaVision. I think after Doctor Strange, I kind of like it better. Uh, but other than that, I think they've been knocking out of the park on, on, on TV. So you're still like full steam ahead, like putting coal into your into your train. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. Thanks for the imagery. Um, <laughs> hey, I mean, like th- Kevin Feige in, is... in a hat, shoveling <laughs> shoveling coal. <laughs> this one's for Silas. <laughs> I do that with every like fictional universe. So there's a part of me that's like, oh, I got to see all the Beethoven movies and figure out. In these ones, he's a regular dog, and in these ones, he's a movie star dog that's playing Beethoven. Yeah, is Judge Reinhold better than Charles Grodin? I don't know. <laughs> I love your I love your completionist attitude. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm. I don't know about the opposite, but like the shows to me have been underwhelming for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm like halfway there, halfway not because I I think one of is still my favorite one. Um, because I think it did, it had the most ambitious ideas of how to play with television, where it started okay. like doing something interesting with the concept of being a TV show before expanding things out. 
And I can agree that the finale is maybe less than stellar, but I'd say that about all of these. So like, it doesn't, it's like, it doesn't make a difference in that matter because they're all pretty much the same in that regard. Like I think Captain Winter Soldier had a really great idea and did nothing with it. And then <laughs> in the, whatever, uh, Loki is fine. Like I think it starts and ends strong. The middle kind of gets a little, like, <laughs> what if is an anthology. So by nature of that, it's some are better than others. Hawkeye's like a fun lark. And Moon Knight just seemed like I, I was I kept falling asleep during episodes of Moon Knight. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. The the movies, on the other hand, I really like Shang-Chi. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. Shang-Chi was really solid. Um, Black Widow and Eternals. Black Widow uh, Eternals is, looks good. Um, so <laughs> Thank you. I, I think when it comes to like this phase, the, the thing that's not a problem, but is different than the others is that there's no end, <laughs> no pun. There, it's, there's no end game in mind right now. Sure. <laughs> so I'm watching. Sure, this. sure, sure. You know, it's that there's, I mean, no, I, there, I, I, mean, I, I, I assume Kang is something that's going to be a thing, but so I was really saying. I mean, I, I would assume the end point is Fantastic Four. I guess, right? Which would have to involve Kang. Dr. And, Doom? Well, I, I think Kang is more the thing okay. that's going yeah, based yeah. up. You know, can I throw out, and I, I've said yeah. this to people and everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I don't think that it's impossible that we will find out that Jonathan Majors is actually due. Hmm. You're crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an interesting play um, if they did that. I, I want to answer this super quickly. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm doing a lot of homework here. Like, and I, I'm kind of like on the same page with the Aaron, where it's like, I'm watching these things. I haven't actually finished Hawkeye. I haven't even started Moon Knight. But I, I feel as though, like, this is, um, you know, this movie is called In uh, in the Multiverse of Madness. And think of it as, like, well, we finished out with, like, this one arc of the Thanos, you know, uh, Infinity Gauntlet. And now, like, we let's lay our cards on the table. And there's a lot of cards on the table. Like, you know, they're... Uh, you have like America Chavez in this one, presumably like Young Avengers with like Haley Stanfield and and whatever else too. Um, you've also got like the Eternals, and then you've got like these TV shows that are kind of like delving into like things that were part of the the previous uh, phases, and then now like what you guys were, what we're mentioning here with like Kang and maybe um, interdimensional stuff. So that is all very interesting. But we've done a lot, like we've spent a lot of hours and. I'm still not really sure, like, again, Aaron, like, what the end game is and, and who, like, the big bad is. And this is not to say, like, there's they're necessarily, like... Needs to be that answer. Yeah, exactly. They don't need to all... All the roads don't need to lead to, like, okay, well, phase four, five, and six, we're all going to, like, have, like, this bad guy. Seven, eight, nine, we're going to have, like, this bad guy. Yeah, it's like, no, but it just feels as though there's just, like, a lot of stuff that we're investing our time in. And um, I, somebody has said this more eloquently than I, but it feels as though, like, the these movies have become very fairly episodic now like television series on on this tv screen or i'm sorry on the big screen which i i well, that's not new for this series though sure I mean, sure yeah you can look at the whole mcu as one giant the first the infinity saga as a season exactly. of television yeah exactly and and so like i'm not mad at it but also at the same time i'm like yeah i i would love to see you know maybe like some fewer cliffhangers which is why i think that this one was like a or dr strange in the multiverse of venice is sort of like a, a breath of fresh air to some degree but I, I am curious, like, where this is all leading to, where it's all going, because I don't know if I have fatigue necessarily, but I am just thinking, like, this is a lot. Like, I'm, I have to keep up with, like, a lot of things here. And I agree with you, Aaron, that, you know, your dad didn't have to, like, watch all these other things to, to still enjoy it. 
but I already have. Therefore I'm feeling like Silas where it's like, I have to like complete this now and I have to like finish this because what if there is like some reference to like, you know, um, Oscar Isaac in the next Thor movie. And I'm like, I didn't watch it yet. So I don't know what's happening. Well, the, the thing is, I mean, you could, I, I know you're saying what, it, I know you're presenting a hypothetical, but the thing sure. is they don't do that. I mean, even the movies don't do that. You don't yeah. need to watch Black Panther to understand Thor Ragnarok. Like they've made it very clear that for the most part, the movies are really standalone. Like there are mythology episodes, which are generally Avengers and like cat movies, but the rest of them, they don't do much to like to need you to like necessitate anything. That's that's fair. Yeah. Like, I mean, if if you're tired from seeing this material, you're tired of it, but that's not the that's not the film's fault from a writing and directing standpoint. Like they didn't, they didn't force you to do anything. You chose to watch certain things. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I, I would uh, agree that, that yeah. it is like a certain choice of it. And I think yeah, that this I, sort of, yeah, go ahead. To, to go, to go along with your point though, my issue is, and well, silence, I'm happier enjoying the shows more than I am. If the quality of the shows is better, I, I don't think you'd have this issue. <laughs> like, I feel like if you really loved the produce, the content they were producing on all levels, then maybe this wouldn't be a thing to bring up to begin with. Like if you thought WandaVision and Captain Winter Soldier were just fucking awesome, you sure. probably wouldn't be like, oh, I'm doing too much work to watch. You'd be like, great, there's more of this stuff that I really loved. But the for me at least, the fact is I'm not enjoying these shows enough. And mm. I think it's I don't think it's diminishing the brand, but mm. I do think it's it's putting a bit more toll on where I sit the MCU in my mind is how much I appreciate it, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm hoping, you know, the shit like Miss Marvel looks fun, I guess. Um, I forget what the next show is after that, but like... I forget. We'll, uh, Ms. Marvel's, I think. Like Ms. Marvel's the next show, and then I like, like She-Hulk is coming along at some oh, point right, soon right, yeah. and whatnot, but then movie-wise, you got all these movies. So it's, I just, I, I'm hoping the... I don't know. I don't know what to think of these shows because it's like... I have, sure. there, I have, there's not one that I've out and out like when you see like Emmys come up and I'm like, none of these shows I think need an Emmy. Like that, that's, that's why I really like WandaVision, but like none of these shows are like sitting here being like, Oh, this is the best cream of the crop when it comes to TV. Sure. Um, so I, I do think that for me, at least that's playing a role in how much I'm appreciating these distinct media things. Like, cause movie wise, I'm excited when these movies come out, whether or not I love these movies, whatever. But like, you mm -hmm. know, when, when, you know, Eternals is coming out, I'm like, cool Eternals. I don't know what that is. It's got Coley Zal for some reason directing it. Sure. Mm -hmm. But why not? Uh, so like that part of me hasn't faded yet. It's... Yeah. Well, good discussion. My other question before we can get into some spoilers or if we have other questions too, is um, what do you guys think of like the horror elements of this? Like, is this like Aaron, you wrote, is this too intense? And I, my, my similar question was, um, could you take children under like eight years old to go see this? You know, case by case, I think mm -hmm. as, as far as as far as can you take children go to this? Some children, you know, like I would have loved this if I was an eight year old child watching this movie because mm -hmm. that's where I am with this. But as, as far as you know, I bring this up because I know a friend of the show, Clayton, uh, he's seemingly on a crusade about this movie should have been rated R, and I'm wondering why because I don't see much in here that constitutes that high of a rating. Mm -hmm. But I don't deny that yes, it obviously leans into some horror aspects because. It's trying to do that. But Silas, what do you think? Do you think this movie's too intense or what? I, You know, it's weird. It's something I've been thinking about. Uh, and I love that it's as, as intense as it is. Mm -hmm. And there's there's almost like a mean-spirited pleasure I get from how intense it is and knowing that, especially coming out of, like, dealing with all these characters that 
people have a legitimate emotional connections to, and they sort of become playthings for Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. I love, like, I, I don't think there's anything cooler than that. I like one of the things I realized watching this movie, and it's one of the reasons I really want to go see it again on the big screen mm-hmm. is Marvel's done an amazing job of like, you have a big cheer moment when, when Captain America picks up the hammer in Endgame, it's everybody cheers. Mm-hmm. And they're really good with jokes. There's, there's laughter throughout the theater. The noises that people make during <laughs> Doctor Strange just like run the gamut. And some of them are like horror, like they're legitimately traumatized. Yeah. Uh, there's one moment like that. I, I don't want to get into spoilers, but like everyone in the theater had this gas mm-hmm. and it's such a simple thing. Yeah. But it, it, in the hands of this universe, it works so well. Yeah. I, I wonder... <laughs> Uh, you know there are things that happen in this movie that are horrific and we'll de- i'm gonna certainly detail them when we get into it yeah topic. we'll get there we'll in the get next there time, in yeah. a second. but you know we've had over 15 almost 15 years well, 2008 so we've had 15 years of marvel movies at this point um and you know blockbusterdom not entirely shaped around how the mcu has done things over the past decade but certainly influenced by it um and just the nature of how our films are coming out and the ratings apply to them. I do wonder if audience is just getting like, I don't know the phrases without sounding mean too soft um, when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> Who are uh, you a basketball coach? Like I, when I think of, you know, a guy got his heart ripped out and he didn't join the temple of doom. And that was PG. I mean, I get that that's what led to the PG 13 rating, but sure. there's, but there's nothing in Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. That's anywhere near the intensity of a guy getting his heart ripped out in my eyes, sure, as far sure, as how sure. that looked, or even the little kittener boy in Jaws getting eaten alive by a shark, or things in Gremlins, or things in The Batman from a couple months ago. I, I don't yeah. think anything in this movie is nearly as intense. There's certainly like, oh my god, moments as far as oh, I did not see that coming. But I, I wonder if the shock of that kind of thing comes from the fact that Marvel has trained you to you know expect a certain kind of thing um and whether and i wonder if that's an issue or not that's actually a very interesting point i i do want to just briefly comment um which is to say that if anything i wish it was more horrific yes um like <laughs> more again more Raimi being Raimi, where it's like he could go evil dead 2 with this um and it kind of like fits in there where it's like funny and and kind of horrific um but at the, at the same time like if he had just gotten straight evil dead 1 with this I would have been fine with that too. Like there's certainly a scene in this movie, an extended sequence in this movie where I was like, this is thrilling. Like this is so good. And I'm so invested in like what's happening right now with like these characters. I would just like watch the rest of this movie like this, like, like in the state of suspension, right. Um, Or suspense. Um, But I I would also say that um, as far as like, is it, is it, does it need an R rating? No, not necessarily. Um, I would say at all. Maybe. Yeah, and then like, can you take kids to see this? I probably would not take some younger kids, but just because of what Aaron had mentioned there, which is like, I think that we've kind of like taken these Marvel movies as, look at this shine on them. Like they all have like specific color palette and whatever else too. Um, and, you know, we don't really see these types of things, but, you know, like I, I love that there was like a jump scare in this movie that got me. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I was like, this is fun. Like, you know, I, I don't like to, I, I don't see these things very often from a Marvel movie. So it's fun. So um, in any case, is is it too intense? If anything, I would love it for to, to be more intense. So 
as we're referencing the intense nature of this thing, before we get to like some stuff that really happens, I do want to talk about one thing. I guess it's a mild Please. spoiler, yeah. but what something I like um, is that the movie doesn't take time to establish who the villain is, which is Scarlet Witch. It is, you know, Wanda's character. Uh, I like that it doesn't take too long to be like, oh, who's the demon behind all these things or whatnot? It's like, oh, no, it's Wanda. Um, <laughs> which, yeah, you find out in the second scene. Which I, which I honestly, I should have guessed that going into this movie. It's like, oh, Wanda's like the main bad guy in this thing. I was like, <laughs> I wonder if she's going to turn against Strange probably. But uh, it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that was the whole thing. Um, but with, with that in mind, I do, you know, I mentioned this already, but I do think like the whether or not you've seen WandaVision, I think the work that she's doing to convey what's going on with her and how this plot go, you know, relies on her to kind of set things in motion to varying degrees. I like what it's doing there. I, mm -hmm. and I like, she interacts with pretty much every character in this movie to some degree. And I do think that the, what, this is a Dr. Strange movie and I don't think that she necessarily overtakes it, but I do appreciate like that. This is the story that they're ultimately telling. It's weird. I, I sort of feel like half right uh, where you are and half another spot where it's like, I feel like this is a Wando movie, like a Scarlet Witch movie. And I dig that too. Like I dig that it was just like, hey, by the way, like we're going to use the guise of Doctor Strange, but make it about Wanda, which it kind of is. Like, the yeah, arts it's, and... it's, it's like, um, I already referenced this, but it's like, it's called the Terminator, but it's Sarah Connor's story. <laughs> like That's, that's sure, what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But I, I, I um, I certainly see like Scarlet Witch as uh, I'm going to save it for the spoiler part, but mm -hmm. yeah, uh, there's, there's some good stuff that happens with her, but I think that there's also some things that um, could have also happened where I was like, Hey, this is, it could have just been like this situation. And I would have been like, this is the best. So, so there's I, a, I, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say like coming out of one of the things that bugged me about WandaVision as a series was mm -hmm. by the end of it, I was like, I, I was annoyed by the whole Quicksilver swap thing. Uh, and mm -hmm. the show, I, I know we're like, not talking about WandaVision, but any reason why? Because you wanted to be a thing or because you didn't like what they did with it? Just because it seemed like it was, it was setting us up for something interesting. And it's just like a dick joke. Sure. Sure. Um, Fair enough. And it, it, it had sort of turned me against the series. And then when it ended, it ends on this note of like, she leaves the town and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And it's like, well, you know, you kidnap like lots and lots of people and for a long time, horrible, horrible things to them. And even at the end of this, you're taking an evil book from an evil witch and you're going to study it, presumably to learn how to bring back the dead. Mm -hmm. And it was weird seeing the reaction online. There were so many people who'd be like, well, she's had a lot of trauma. And I was like, well, so I, I but not everyone, you know, <laughs> commits mass mind horror against people to go to over their trauma. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm curious to revisit WandaVision now with this movie where it sort of feels like, oh, you, <laughs> I was right on my opinions of her. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you, Silas, because I, this movie was supposed to come out before the WandaVision TV series, COVID happens, things get switched around. Yeah, yeah, this movie, I mean, <laughs> this movie's got, it had to come out after WandaVision based on the plot of this movie. It doesn't make any totally, sense. Totally. To yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying like, you know, things get switched around. I would be curious to go and revisit WandaVision as well um after seeing this movie i think we can get into some spoilers now yeah uh so <laughs> I, I i we need to get to this part specifically because there's you know there's a whole section of this movie where it's like okay now we need to explain things that are going on and right the logic of this film is well we're in the marvel universe there's a lot of marvel characters let's bring out the illuminati <laughs> and so they do and they introduce a series of characters so we have 
who do we have here? We have we have we we knew we had Patrick Stewart uh, coming back as Professor X, mm-hmm. uh, but we also get uh, Haley Atwell back as Peggy Carter, now Captain Carter, mm-hmm. um, which is in What If the TV show as well, but like they announced their live action version. You have Captain Marvel now played by Lashana Lynch, who was mm-hmm. uh, Maria Rambo, uh, so she's this version of Captain Marvel. Um, you have Black Bolt played by and played by Star Trek Strange Worlds is uh, Anson Mount. Uh, re- reprising his role from reprising the, his role, yeah. from the canceled ABC TV series Inhumans, um, and of course the uh, one of the, the you have you have John Krasinski coming in as Mister Fantastic himself, uh, Reed yeah. Richards. Uh, before we get to how they utilize these characters, uh, or, or like what the comeuppance of these characters, I want to talk about like the, these this these you know varying casting things and you know the appearance of these people. Like, were you guys excited by all of these? Like, which ones excited you the most here? How about you? What, what, what would you think of all this? I mean, it's 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 a probably seeing everyone was super cool, but it, it's probably the the Professor X's chair that I would agree. The, the chair exciting. is probably the most yeah. exciting of all those. Yes, the chair. <laughs> I was in the theater, and um, you know, there somebody. I, I I was lucky that you know I was with like I wasn't with this group, but there was a group in the back that was really into this movie. Um, they really knew like a lot of the details and whatever else. And so it was really fun to hear their reactions. And so when Dr. Strange is like, oh, well, you know, we're, you're going to go see the Illuminati now. Somebody in the back was like, oh, what? And I was like, oh, I guess I'm in for a treat. Um, I had stopped watching all of the production advertising materials after the first official Dr. Strange trailer. Uh, and I muted a whole bunch of stuff. So when you see... <laughs> Professor Xavier, complete with a Danny Elfman music cue of the X Men theme. I was like, I literally audibly said, "Oh shit," <laughs> because yes, it's the chair stylist too, but it's also just like Professor Xavier. What? Um, I was less enthused by like you know uh, John Krasinski as, as Reed Richards, not because I don't like any of those characters, just more just like Professor Xavier. <laughs> so it was a really fun moment to see like this cavalcade of characters that are from you know earth are they 616 or 838 this is 838 616 is our earth got it (laughs) it's the regular it's it's really cool to see like 838s you know uh, assembly of characters um there and then just like interacting because this is sort of what i was getting to earlier with like well now there's like a whole bunch of like cards on the table you can go anywhere you want like are you going to choose one of these pathways that answer comes soon but aaron what were what was your impression of when you saw these guys on the screen i'm pretty sure i heard friend of the show mark paces like excitedly ye- uh, like yelling and reacting from like the okay. side of the theater from where we were sitting i'm pretty sure i was hearing him reacting specifically out loud yeah. um as far as these people go like yeah i was it was fun to be like oh here's a here's a room full of people that are famous to varying degrees in the marvel universe right um i will say similar to no way home I'm not a fan of how they shoot these things where it feels like everyone is shot like Kramer bursting in the Seinfeld's apartment and then they have to hold for applause before they actually say anything. Sure. Um, and I, I like, I get that they, it's weird. It's weird that there's like a meta acknowledgement that the audience is going to cheer. So we need to like break Build up. The, we have to yeah. break up time between these introductions, knowing <laughs> that people might miss things about the plot. If people don't start talking like that's, I don't know how to get over that, but like, given that you're not always, you're, you know, you're going to see this movie more at home than you are in theaters. It's annoying to watch 
No Way Home and Andrew Garfield stepped through a portal and beat spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, we're um, the territory. <laughs> I'm kidding because it's siege. <laughs> um, but to be like watching Andrew Garfield, like standing in a room for 10 seconds, not saying anything or whispering lightly because they know the audience is too busy cheering. Sure. Um, so it's like that stands out here again because it's not the second time this morning and it wasn't a very packed show. So you can like, there are people that were excited, but you could hear, you could, I can, I can <laughs> you feel can it. feel the I emptiness. Can, I can feel the emptiness because the movie's so staged <laughs> to present a certain thing just because it knows you're going to react. You, it. you went to like a 2 p.m. Uh, Broadway show of like, of, <laughs> of like Hamilton and like nobody was there. <laughs> so, so in that regard, it's like, okay, yeah, they have these guys and what have sure. you. I will say I agree with you. John Krasinski um, shaking his big re- now he has a reason to have a big nose um, <laughs> I can only think of that too I was like damn it Aaron you've ruined John Krasinski um, the, the, I'm not against Dr. like John Krasinski do what you want you're doing your thing and sure. I'm happy for you I, he is not Reed Richards in my mind at all. Like it's such a so it, it, I, I like, know and I know it's like this is like fan casting. This is like a huh, isn't that funny that we did this thing as opposed to officially announcing that he's gonna play Reed Richards. Yeah. So that was where you go. I was just gonna say I, I've had this conversation with a couple people. Do you believe that introducing John Krasinski here means that he will be the MCU's Reed Richards? I don't think so because Kang is black <laughs> so it's like and he's if I'm presuming Jonathan Majors is portraying that Kang he is related to Reed Richards that makes me think that the MCU has different plans for how to do the Fantastic Four which that excites me because like good yeah. we can do something different with Fantastic Four so uh, but it, I, I don't like if you were to if you know if D23 happens and they're like we have our cast for Fantastic Four and they introduce John Krasinski among other people I'm not going to say oh that's a huge surprise I'll be like okay yeah fine Right. If they don't, though, I also won't be surprised. I I took it. I took this a few ways because I had read and also listened to uh, some of the people talking about this, and I had no real dog in the the or you know money on any wager on any. I'm going with like three different analogies here. I had no wager on any horse in the Kentucky Derby. Um, He's for, the fastest. Yeah, for for who was gonna be <laughs> cast as Reed Richards? I really enjoyed that. What happens afterward? Uh, we're we're going to talk all about this. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. But I think that what what this is sort of like, um, I think that if if Raimi is kind of like pointing, like touching himself on the nose while directing the next sequences, mm-hmm. I, I dig that part about like, here's your fucking fan casting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> exactly. I like that about it. As far as like uh, Reed Richards goes, like I had heard that like, you know, Reed Richards is like a really smart guy, but he's also like an asshole sometimes too. And read like Cruzy just doesn't give you that vibe. So I was like, I can't really say this or that. I, I don't know if you guys know more about the character of Reed Richards. Um, he doesn't but, evoke John Krasinski to me. That's for damn sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But in, yeah. in any case, yeah, go ahead. Silas. Silas, what do you think? Yeah. You know, I, I, I was of the opinion like, oh, John Krasinski would be a great Reed Richards some time ago. I, I don't think he did a very good job. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I, it was weird watching it in the moment. It just a little part of it is like, oh, Reed Richards is a character who has white, like temples on the side of his hair, <laughs> and he doesn't have them, and it's because Doctor Strange does. Yeah, um, so, yeah. So they couldn't have two characters. <laughs> they don't want much. to confuse the audience. Too much silver fox energy going right. on <laughs> with, I, these, with these forty-ish actors. Right. Before we get into like the next sequence here, I just want to say that you know, uh, Silas, to your point earlier. 
when you're like, you know, it feels as though somebody when you're watching the first 20 minutes at at CinemaCon or uh, what have you, like it, it certainly felt as though these people were all definitely in in different rooms. Uh, and Reed Richards, like the John Krasinski of it all, is like he's definitely not like with anybody. Like it just felt as though it's like it's it's it just really felt like it was uh, an off look uh, for him next to like these other people. So it was weird to see like that that sequence. Um, I, I agree, but like seeing where it goes yeah. and realizing that like all of that is just setting you up mm-hmm. uh, is is so good to me. Yeah. So that's further reason why I don't think John Krasinski's like here to stay in the MCU. So is that where you are with this? Do you think it's not an official announcement? It's just more of like a kind of a joke? Yeah, I, I, I'm of the opinion that like Fantastic Four is like the most way out there crazy mm-hmm. sci-fi and whatever we're going to have to introduce them is going to be a whole lot more interesting than like, oh, I'm the version from another universe. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So, so with that said, let's talk about what they do with this Illuminati group with these sure. characters, because I was cackling in my seat. <laughs> well, well they... actually, sorry, before you said that, can you, can you talk about like what they do to Stephen Strange in this universe? What do they do? What they murder him? Uh, what they... Yeah, they essentially have to like, so, okay, kill yeah, so, him for like, so in, the justice of the world. In, so in yeah, in this version, in this version, like to, in order to kill Thanos, um, Strange had to read a book that's evil. Um, this evil book that Wanda has in our in six one six Earth, and because of that, he was basically corrupted. And so Black Bolt like used his powerful voice to to burn him. Meanwhile, right. and that, but they also lie to everybody and tell that Stephen Strange is like this hero when he's actually not. Mm-hmm. Which I think is actually a really interesting like storyline to go off of if you want to go off of them and be like, by the way, we tell the stories of heroes, which Peg Carter says. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, like if you took these kind of chances, I'm I'm into it. But in any case, yeah, let's get into like um the awesomeness that will ensue. So the so I was cackling about the fact that like we introduced this, you know, this super group of very powerful and smart people, and then Sam Raimi's like wasn't that fun now i'm gonna murder all of them in the most horrific ways possible (laughs) you know marvel has a a death problem uh where like even one of the troubles i had with wandavision is like well yeah it's sad to say goodbye to vision but there's also a duplicate version of him and like there's unlimited ways to bring these characters Mm -hmm. back i love that marvel found like well there's something we could do to everyone that's worse than death (laughs) I, I really liked what happens next because uh, a you know um, you're like oh cool we're gonna get a, a, a mid um, a mid movie action sequence which is it feels like it's the end of the movie but we're I guess we're here so I don't know what's gonna happen um, and I just like the way that they are one by one dispatched and the way that they are dispatched are ways that are very creative um, some of them more horrific than others. Uh, but well, right, at the, I, right at the top, you got Black Bolt, who his, his power is his voice, and she takes yeah. his mouth away, Matrix style, right. and he freaks out and blows his fucking brains out. Yeah, he blows his own head off, which I, I liked that there was like, again, like, it paint, like, Raimi is really good about like, hey, by the way, like, here's what you guys, if this is true, here's what you guys wanted, this, you know, council of people minus Namor, um, who I guess is, is tied up with like a different studio. But here's uh, this council of people, and they're going to be such badass on the screen. Like, you know, here's like fucking Black Bolt smirking about like, oh, you know, I, Black Bolt could kill you with a whisper. And he's just like, fuck you guys. And just goes off. It, it's great. It's also just like the, the order it happens in. Yeah. Like everybody hated Inhumans. So 
the idea of killing Black Bolt is like, oh, well, they're going to do that as a joke because, of course, he's not useful to have around anymore. Mm -hmm. But the the quality of like, I mean, seeing a Lashana Lynch Captain Marvel is like legitimately exciting. And we've seen Captain Carter built up as this like great feminist hero to to take these (laughs) characters and just like obliterate them in horrible ways yeah like everything about it is just like magnificent to yeah, me i think there's a lot of like really cool stagecraft that Raimi has done because um scarlet witch has come in from killing a bunch of like uh robots ultron robots ultron yeah. robots and so she's got like oil on her which yeah. looks like dried blood it's great it's a great look that they, yeah that and Ra- so that's Ray that's Raimi's specialty right there that kind of exactly thing. and like as she continues to like fight these characters you actually see i i thought you see like a little bit more on her which i really dug but this is sort of what i was talking about earlier in our in our spoiler free review it was like this is a really cool like this is a, a sequence of like a killer is after you Raimi's great at that and there's nothing you can really do here except for like keep running. And even when you're running, they still catch up to you. And that's really fun. And again, like all the kills are great. I, I really enjoyed um, the Reed Richards one because she has a really cool thing to say to him. Yeah. She kills him. Uh-huh. And then I really enjoyed the Peggy Carter one. I was like, that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Like when Winter Soldier throws the shield back at Captain America at some point too. But it happens in this one where she gets sliced in half man she even pulls out a yeah i could do this all day before she goes which is I, I i whooped at that <laughs> it was good um but yeah i mean it it's also further emphasizing how powerful scarlet witch is right which is yes. i mean <laughs> you know i remind you she was gonna kill thanos before thanos cheated um in endgame like she was well, that's like, right yeah she was going to destroy him before right. he's like fire the guns and everybody <laughs> yeah. like st- stop this crazy woman from killing me <laughs> so make him a meme yeah so the so the fact that like she could easily murder the this entire group it's like yeah that makes sense that's that's yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's part of the course for her but yeah right. they they and that's why i keep referencing terminator they keep like they get yeah they make her more like seemingly damaged essentially and they right. give her like a limp and, like but they make her this unstoppable killing machine right and it's just really effective and like when this movie's just going full tilt into horror territory i'm just really digging it really digging it i also really enjoyed so this is what i was going to get to with your last question before we, we jumped into this brother territory of what i thought about the scarlet witch character i really enjoyed the the professor x of this all of just like for one seeing you know the rings of of his mental powers like the way that you see in the cartoons mm-hmm. that's a, that was a nice touch but then just like hey by the way it's it's like this weird like weird red mist demon that is is controlling scarlet witch and that's what i was like well if they had just made like the main bad a fucking death crazed monster from the deep i would have been totally okay with that too you you could have had scarlet witch in here but you didn't have to make her the um the catalyst or like the the body or the vessel for this like giant evil. It could have just been like Doctor Strange versus like a really crazy like um you know a blood bloodthirsty uh demon baby, and that would have been totally okay with me too. I like that we have a a, a personal attachment to the villain, uh, yeah. given that there's because it provides an arc for one thing, and that does as Silas has mentioned. It, I mean it because you you know should you have chosen to watch it, there is a specific character whose story is being wrapped up in this movie sure um even if you don't watch it you know the end game gives you still a character to deal with as well but i, I mean i like having their you know 
an Avenger versus an Avenger type situation as opposed to random monster of the week. That said, this movie does have monsters of the week as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that like the random monster of the week is is hopefully not what they were going to go for, but one that was just more um, more Sam Raimi evil. But I, I hear and, what you're saying there. And, and the, the fact that they also murder Professor X is also fun too. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah, in a, in a very like, yeah, in a very like, uh, Oh my gosh, sequence. Yeah. Where I was like, I, I, I see this red mist coming. I don't know what's in it. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, I I, 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 I I like the dispatching of them all. Sounds right, sir. I, I also really like the uh there's another misdirect with with the book of Ashanti, which is uh-huh. like this big glowing book that can do anything good, and it's like floating in a weird sky world, like the ultimate like MacGuffin. And it doesn't matter at all. It yeah. plays no role in the story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's you know, like early on in this movie, I was re- I was actually really enjoying it. I was enjoying the kind of in media res opening. I mm-hmm. you know, you know, if there's a big octopus monster terrorizing New York, I'm into that automatically. Um, <laughs> and then the, the touch of the Sam Raimi jamming a thing into its eye and then pulling out the eye. I'm like, this is yeah, this is my speed. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like I was getting a little bogged down with things, but like and even when the Illumina, when they were announced, I was like, well, as I already explained about the framing of them, it's like, okay, fine. There's all the cameos. Cool. But once we really got into there from then on, I was like, this is just great Raimi stuff going on in this movie. I'm like, I was really into like the, the horror chase happening, the visuals we were getting, the more intense camera work and stuff like that was all working for me. And yes, that includes things like, oh, we finally got to that book. And it's burned. Uh, like <laughs> there's a lot of like interesting subversion that I mentioned earlier yeah. that I was really digging because it's, it, it, you know, it's not, it's Raymond didn't write this script and he came onto right. this project somewhat late uh, or not late, but like Derrickson got, you know, he, he was out uh, before they, you know, in pre-production, essentially right. Raymond came in here and I'm just, I'm happy that like if Marvel's, you know, if they're making a spy movie and they're making, whatever a uh, 80s comedy uh thor ragnarok and what have you it's like now they're making a raimi movie and i'm like cool that's an interesting thing to approximate and i'm happy that it approximated it quite well for this machine that we're in yeah i would agree i mean uh, uh, can we go into other spoilers now too yeah yeah so as far as like other spoilers go i i like the america chavez character like i like her powers and i like what she's going to represent but i told her it was just like i don't I don't know. Like this just feels as though like she's opening portals into other dimensions and doesn't really do anything for her or Dr. Strange, except for like at the end there where she's just like the power was inside you all along and you could control it all the time. Um, I believe in you kid kind of thing. It's like, that doesn't really like make her a character worth not to say like, I'm not going to invest time in her because she's definitely like on the come up, but it just felt as I was like, I, it would have been shame if like you didn't explain anything at her uh, about her at all then and just made her like she opens portals and I have to protect her because I don't know what's happening either. Um, and and uh, Wanda is after us, so we've got to like run. Uh, but I think like them having to like intertwine that, it just sort of made the movie a little bit clunky, like and not even like heavily clunky, but just more of like, you know, the, there was like a pace here that Raimi was going for. And I think like it, it kind of got bogged down a little bit. Curious if you guys have any thoughts. If none, then we can keep moving. I mean, I just I think it's already pretty thin to begin with, as far mm-hmm. as the, the character is concerned. Like, there's a thing that she does. We learn it, and we get you know some very minor details on where she's coming from and all of this. And, yeah. But but the arc itself is pretty standard as far as like she needs to learn how to use her power, and she will. 
that's that's it and it's i don't think i don't think it's too overcomplicated by any means so just Mm -hmm. i i could agree that there's not a lot to her so i don't think um social gomez gets a lot to do as an actor Mm -hmm. um but i i didn't mind the presence of the character at all Mm -hmm. like like her her aspect of the story was negligible to me i guess uh, sure things things go I, I think going back to Wizard of Oz again, she's she's Dorothy. She's uh, a character mm-hmm. that has wound up in a place that she doesn't recognize, and by the end of it, discovers that the power she has is something that she can't control, like you said. Right. Um, I, I think there is a weird, like, well, yeah, you have a character like this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Surely she's going to come into play down the line or be used for for some sort of narrative purpose. Um, but I. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things where you just have to sort of not care about, like, I, I feel like a lot of Marvel movies I've gone to see and I felt like, oh, well, this didn't really move the universe forward. And I've been kind of let down and I like them a lot more and rewatch. This mm-hmm. is the first time that like in, in a while that I've seen a Marvel movie and all of that just didn't matter to me at all. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. really the universe hasn't moved forward at all at the end of this movie. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, even in general for phase four, there's a lot of like, there are things by the end of this movie where they seem to set up something. I don't know what that is, but right. that's that's for something else to solve. This movie's pretty stuck in where we are, uh, which is not a and, flaw. It's not a flaw necessarily, but it, it's kind of the way it's being presented. It, it is also, I mean, like like you guys were both talking about being disappointed we didn't see more of the multiverse. And it is something that we're we're going to continue to get for sure. I mean, it's almost certainly an sure. element of quantum mania even other studios like into Spider-Verse. Well, we have a movie where Spider-Man's going to, two movies where Spider-Man's going to be traveling through uh, alternate realities. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I I can see like why it needs to be held back a little. Yeah, like I, I didn't walk into multi, like I like I said, I feel like just using the term multiverse convinced people that there was going to be a lot of momentum. And I'm just thinking, this is Doctor Strange. I don't think they're <laughs> going to like rest the whole mythology of what's happening next to Marvel on a Doctor Strange movie just didn't, didn't add up to me in that regard. And I mean, yeah. Which I, I also, mm-hmm. like so many people had fan theories where it's like, oh, the Illuminati are controlling the strings and they're controlling this multiverse and that, and it's all going to come together and make sense. And <laughs> just the thrill of leaving this movie and realizing like, oh, no, I don't really have any idea where they're going with this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be fun if like the the big bad that we're gonna get to in like movie eight or movie nine is like uh, Ms. Minutes because uh, she's actually <laughs> controlling everything. That'd be great because yeah. um, she's just like I was in charge of the TVA the whole time. Uh, but I I agree with you that there's like a sense of um, satisfaction, but also like wonderment sure. uh, in a way of just like that was a good romp. Some parts of it I enjoyed more than others, but where do we go from here? Like, did he actually accomplish anything? <laughs> Cause it seems as though he just was like, I guess I love Christine still um, across all the universes. Well, like, uh, he, I, like we've established, I do. I mean, the, the arc of this movie belongs to Wanda more than strange. Sure. Strange is going on an adventure. Not every adventure needs him to have some kind of dramatic character sure, movement sure, sure. For, for his personality. And I mean, you can say arguably, and that's why it's weaker. I think is that the the things he realizes, like I guess I'm kind of happy. <laughs> like now, <laughs> now that I've now that I've dealt with the concept of what happiness is. I don't know like, if you know this is there, but they actually had to ask the audience. He was like, you you know, this is the moral of the story. Is are you happy, Wong? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna go back to New York now. But I I do. I mean, 
I, I don't think his arc is, I think the, the thing that works for me though, is that I think the movie gets that. I think the movie knows sure. that it's not this grandiose adventure that's going to evolve every character and have giant amounts of momentum in the MCU. It's more of, we're going to fuck around for a while in the multiverse and just have a little fun with that. <laughs> and I, and yeah. I, and I appreciate that too, because this has been pointed in, in other publications, but um, Raimi did that in his first Spider-Man movie. Right. He's just like, it's a standalone thing. Like you don't have, like, even I if mean, you all of them are, two, all, all three of his movies are okay, standalone yeah. Spider-Man adventure movies, which is but it's like, it's certainly like, it just is here. It exists now. You know what I mean? Like he has a conclusion to the end of, of uh, what he was going for in part one and i guess even in part two and i i don't really remember part there as much but yeah uh that'd be fine but um i have a question for you guys mm-hmm. what is the eye of agamotto doing like is that is like evil steven like what's up with that oh you mean his, the eye, his third, is, eye. His yeah, his third eye yeah oh yeah um i i, I kind of enjoyed the the like horrific i mean it's kind of like the original like army of darkness ending uh <laughs> of like i slept too long uh but i really like how quickly it's like oh yeah he he has suffered some sort of horrible consequence of doing the dark hold as we were warned he would be uh but then we also get a like yeah but he's dealing with it and he's going to go on another adventure yeah he gets but he gets both the director's cut and the actual cut of army of darkness endings in this movie which yes is <laughs> like because it ended at first and you know what i i also i really and i want to talk about some other things too but on with the ending but i i really like the ending as far as you know and actually there is an arc game because it's like he became a little more happy and he fixed his watch like like that's, that, him, that's, that's, true. that's, 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 that's representing yeah. the moment that is which, I which mean, it, I, yeah. I, yeah obviously it's pictured right in front of you on the nose but it is it is it is showing you yes steven has grown a bit over the course right, of this right. movie that said i like that he's like i'm feeling great now the music's all peppy i think danny elfman scores pretty good by the way in this movie uh-huh. he gets outside he's walking all peppy and then it gets this sharp guitar riff that goes right. out and, and, and he just starts screaming in pain and the thing opens and he's yelling and it's like this is straight up evil dead right here at like ash getting hit by the camera like this is great yeah and i love i really enjoyed that and then we get the post the first post credit scene, and I'm like, yeah, all right, like that's that like there there's more, and we get another cameo. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like okay, fine. Uh, but I I, <laughs> I really like the ending of the, that that yeah. first ending of this movie. That that felt like a very Sam Raimi movie, yet still fitting within the Doctor Strange universe. But is it is it an evil thing, Silas, or is it just more of like, well, he has like more powers now? I mean, I I think it's there's some evil to it. Okay, there, like. You can't say that Wanda, for everything that happened to her, like she was reading this book and it corrupted her to some degree to turn her into this kind of monster. Mm-hmm. And like every smart person in this parallel universe where they seem to know even more than we know in the regular Marvel universe said, no, we need to kill him rather than let him even try this. Right. And the, the idea of like, well, they're probably not wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they, they kind of delve into that with like the America Chavez thing too. It's like you're you're probably going to end up trying to kill her in every universe that you're in or multiverse. That well, that's universe. also his growth too. He's the yeah, exactly that didn't want to kill her. Exactly. Yeah. He he realized that you know it, he it's realized it's not... okay to share the wealth. That's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, I sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. Let's go real quick. I, I was just going to say I loved uh, like, as far as multiverse goes, the, like the very simple line uh, America has about how in most parallel universes food is free. <laughs> yes that mm-hmm. that was a nice comment i was like 
that's nice to know that if I traveled across the multiverse, food is usually free, except for like here on Earth, six one six. Yeah, like it, it's it's such a beautiful notion, uh, and uh, I, I don't know. It makes it feel like we, we see so many dark and evil universes, but the idea that the majority of them are just nice people is is a nice idea. Well, to be fair, she's only been to seventy two. I mean, and the and the, and the and the multiverse is infinite. So I mean, what does she know? She's a kid. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was free here, and uh, it wasn't. So maybe she's just been assuming too much. Yeah, that's the other thing too. She was wrong. Um, but regardless, um, I do like the look of her power when she does things, and it's like a star shape. Yeah. And you see a bunch of like that's that's a fun visual. I, I I get that's right out of the comics, but you know it still looks cool to see in live action. Yeah. Um, but really as far good. as but as far as that that stuff goes with, with Stephen uh, Strange, everything I liked the big um, confrontation he had with um, Disaster Earth uh steven that that was really cool including the the music battle that they get yeah that was that was some cool stuff i really enjoyed like that was innovative and interesting to watch and the music was cool like it just all came together in this wonderful way it was like a top fight sequence for me is like if i had to rank mcu fight scenes i'd put it probably high on the list yeah because it's it's like literally making up a new language Uh for combat and you totally follow it like yeah. you're like oh i understand why this makes sense yeah it's really fun to see like oh you know evil or not evil but but that destructive world strange is like using like this type of like you know baritone bassy type music and other steven's like no let me use like you know larger lighter strings and synths and it's like that's fun i also was reminded of um of uh kung fu hustle for a yeah. brief moment but this one actually goes beyond it because, like, hey, let, let me, let, I'm not just going to give you, like, one sequence of him using, like, notes. I'm going to give you, like, a three-minute fight sequence. And then I was like, this is really fun. Well, Kung Fu also goes a full gamut of things as well. But, like, it, it they, they go in tandem with each other. I, I'd say, like, yes, more music fights and movies. They So far, they've all been amazing. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, your creativity here was, was well done, whoever decided to do this, whether it was, like, Raimi or the, or the writer. But it's like, yeah, this is a really creative use of your powers being that you can control like anything because you're a sorcerer. <laughs> um, Good stuff. Yeah. Question um, for you. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, go. Yeah. My question, my final question here in the spoiler section is just more of like, what did you guys think of like the final tagline? Oh, well, okay. Here? So let me go then. Yes. Um, <laughs> because um, the with, with all due respect to to McAdams, who gets the and credit, this movie should have been all the all the actors and then it'd be then at the very, very end it should be and Bruce Campbell as Pizza Papa. <laughs> um, Pizza Papa has been making me smile all week because uh-huh. it is such a wonderful use of Bruce Campbell, and it's such a, it's such a, a a a funny sequence where he's completely in the right as far as like hey he didn't pay for your food <laughs> yeah and then, then Doctor Strange is like how about you beat yourself up for three weeks three weeks why is this the why is this the result of him rightfully calling out some child from stealing food from him and but, nobody in these universe is helping him but it's Bruce Campbell <laughs> so he makes it work so well because he knows how to beat himself up and so you see him doing things and it's so sticky and it's so like shot just like Sam Raimi would in an old-fashioned type movie but it works so well because it's funny yeah it's fact- it's also such a like like microcosm of how I feel about the film on like a fanboy level sure where like in my head I can imagine Bruce Campbell being any one of those Illuminati people uh-huh. and like having a a big important role right and nothing I could imagine and he even on April Fool's Day tweeted a a photo of him in the chair and he was yeah. wearing like Dr. Strange makeup 
uh, which cool. I'd love to see that, but it's not as good as just Bruce Campbell being like, how about a little mustard? (laughs) (laughs) His dialogue is so cheesy. He's like, "Uh, where'd you get that? The Dr. Strange Museum? Yeah, exactly. It looks pretty real. (laughs) It's really fun, campy, and such a Bruce Campbell-like character. And again, a Sam Raimi touch. Like the other thing I was looking out for was was his brother. I don't think his brother's in this movie though. Ted Raimi, I'm sure he's. That's a good point. I'm sure he did something in this. Movie. Okay, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I, he has to have been included some way. I'm sure we'll but find out. Like, in the special I didn't features really see that, him. Yeah, yeah. They, they probably all voiced the ghouls that were. Oh, that's the other thing I want to talk about too. Yeah. Uh, the the fucking undead Stephen Strange that was possessed, um, and then having like the ghouls as a cape. Z- and zombie everything. Strange, yeah. Zombie Strange. Uh, which I'll, we'll get back to that. I want to keep talking about Pizza Papa, which I can talk about for hours. Uh, Pizza Papa always gets paid. Um, <laughs> so to, to go back to the final tag, yes, I I really like the final tag. It's maybe one of my, it probably be my top five tags of the of mm-hmm. MCU because it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, because it's such a it's such a rainy thing. Like, oh yeah, Pizza Papa, he's still punching himself, <laughs> then he yeah. stops, and it's over. Yeah. What, what about you, Silas? What, what did you think of like the last uh, stinger? I, I, I loved it. I, I even like as I was sitting there uh, w- was talking with my friend saying like, you know what? The second stinger is usually a joke. It, it would be a great opportunity to go back to Bruce Campbell and show him still fighting himself. Nailed it. And even like thinking that would be funny. It was even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I we're a trifecta here. I really enjoyed that ending too. I just thought that it was really fun to like make us wait all this time and just be like, it's over. Like, you know, as a double <laughs> entendre of like, finally three weeks is done. And also like the movie's over, go home. Kind of like, the, you know. With a look right into camera at a small right. camera snap zoom. Like <laughs> it's so perfect. Yeah. It's such, so, a great, it's such a great bit. I, I, I kind I, of been seeing like some Twitter stuff like, that was a waste. It's like, was it a uh, waste? People just, some people just don't like fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> those those are the people that are like the you know the two hours don't matter. It's if there's two, if there's a one minute tease of what's coming in the next movie, that's why I came to see this. Like, go yeah. away, guy. I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need you. I don't, need, I don't need that attitude. Right. So, what are you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say uh, on on the same idea of looking at the camera. Uh, now that we're in spoiler territory, that was one of the things that I I just was talking about earlier with a shot where Wanda briefly looks at the audience. Uh huh. Yes. Everyone in the audience is horrified, yeah. and it's so good because yeah. it's like, well, yeah, but she's like, she's like Freddy Krueger, or like she, she can travel through fiction and reality. So it's like, it's actually dangerous if she's looking in this theater and seeing me <laughs> sitting watching her. Now I'm creeped out by it more because I thought that it was creepy at first, but you know, I also really dug like the um, the camera hiding behind the stairs. Uh, oh yeah. And then I also dug when the camera is attacking Rachel McAdams and she's just like, ah, you know, shaking the camera. Like these are fun Raimi, Raimi uh, tropes. And, and they're really, they're really cool to like have um, that tension build up. Like again, that, that sequence in the house where the camera is like the bad guy, like, you know, sleepwalking yeah. or whatever they call it. Um, uh, dreamwalking. Dreamwalking. Dream, dreamwalking Wanda. Really fun stuff. Like really fun on the level. Like this is spooky but also like, you know, it can't be that spooky. There's like kids in the background, like you know, her two kids, and also like it's a PG-13 movie, so it's not gonna be like anything weird. But you know, the reveal is is in the window pane, which is fun. But it would have been fun to be like um, a slasher type horror reveal. 
So real quick on Undead Strange, because uh, I, I want to yes, wrap up. Please. Uh, I just I love how it's a mix of practical, of clearly practical makeup as well as whatever CG they did for like his mm-hmm. mouth. But it reminded me very much, Silas. You probably get this uh, of um, of Evil Ash and Army of Darkness. The way they made his yes. mouth, mm-hmm. like it just it looks so cool. At the same time, it's still like just cheesy enough. So when he's giving like emotional lines to Wanda, like about like you can't you, you have to think of the other one and your kids and all this, and it, but it's like coming out of the like the of half mouth. mouth of this undead <laughs> Doctor Strange character. Like, You're just gonna take it that seriously? That that, that that's it's why, also that's so, why I think just like the tone is just right yeah. for like what he's trying to do here. I'm sorry, Silas. What are you saying? It's also such a good reveal. Like it's it's a twist that he's a good guy. Uh-huh. which is so perfect yes. because yeah. you watch the trailer and you see this shot and you're like, Oh, he's going to, he's going to have to fight the evil Dr. Strange at one point. And right. instead it's just like, it is the end of army of darkness, but now evil ash is the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's what uh, the, the look of it also reminded me of like the, um, the, the zombie guy from Hocus Pocus. Um, but there was, um, that was a really fun like line for him to say, like, who's, who says I have to be alive? And I was like, I really like that line. Like, it, I like the line reading, and I also like the way that that they're just like, let's do thunder and lightning right right after he says it. Another like, way. This is really fun. Here's another one. He's uh, you have to do more than kill me to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I in general, like it was it was really fun. Like again, that's like when he's cooking. When you let Remy do his thing, like I'm not. And this is nothing against Feige and MC. I'm just saying, like you know, in general, it's like. He just really knows how to cook, and that's like when he's in his wheelhouse. And I had read things like in the Rolling Stone article that I linked Aaron to. It's like it's really cool that Feige had worked with him on Spider Man. It was like a, a, an, a an intern or something like that, um, and now he's working with Feige. And I think that that really does lend some credence to be like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more leeway because you were my boss at one point. Now I'm your boss, but you know, he's also a you know he's not some guy that had one indie movie before this. He's a veteran director right. <laughs> compared to most of the newer directors that come on. Yeah. So anyway, it, just really yeah. Go ahead, Silas. It's kind of fascinating to read about. Uh, like, obviously, they reshot a whole bunch of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but hearing Sam Raimi talk about it, it sounds like he he actually thrives. I mean, he, like I I I've been lucky enough to see him direct, and it's just you get what you need, but you also make up shots in the moment, and you yeah. have like people say random things, and like mm-hmm. it it it's really really creative, and to have him describe. Uh, what every other director describes as being a negative that the studio shows up and says, Oh, now you need to reference this and this. And like, that's a condition that he loves. He loves being told here are your parameters. Now go make something fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I entirely agree with you. And that's again, why I'm very pleased that his personality is still reflected in some, and you know, the biggest movie machine in the world. <laughs> like it's, it's impressive that there's, so much more of him than I expected to see coming through in the visuals and what have you. So mm-hmm. just a you know, fun time. Yeah. All right. When should people see Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Silas, when should people see this movie? I mean, frankly, you should have seen it already. Uh, people are horrible with spoilers, especially if you use social media. Really and horrible. While yeah. I don't think that the spoilers ruin the movie, they do take the fun out of it. And even if they're not taking the fun out of your experience, they're taking the fun out of the audience experience and seeing this movie with an audience is like so satisfying. Abe, how about you? Yeah, I'm there with you. I'm, I'm with a theater rating as well for uh, everything that we talked about, um, even though I had some some qualms with it. 
I agree. Uh, big, just big screen fun, uh, fun way to kick off the summer, even with the horror yeah. elements, which certainly satisfied me, but I can see it not satisfying everybody necessarily, but it's still the, the ghoulish fun that I got from this was something I, I didn't expect to get so much of and that, that I was already happy, you know, that pushes it over the top for me as far as like how to recommend this okay, good theater film mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Okay. We've talked about Dr. Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Now let's move on and get to uh, Abe, what, uh, what time is it here? Time for a quick couple of games here. Little known fact, Aaron was actually the original choreographer for the music fight sequence. I actually can't say that because that's a spoiler. Aaron was actually the uh, the original composer, but Danny Elfman was like, I've got this awesome guitar riff for the end of the movie. And they're like, <laughs> we're going with Danny. Uh, I've got two games for you guys. Yeah, the first game here is called Books. Ever heard of them? <laughs> This is the this is a game where uh, in, the, in the movie Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, there's a book called The Darkhold, which they have to go get and they have to like presumably retrieve and, and do things with. Uh, this is a game where I'm going to name a book and I'd like you, I'd be curious if you guys could buzz in with your name if you guys know the answer. What movie this book comes from? These are all fake books. So, so these are actual movie books and we have to guess what movie they're from. Correct. Okay. And we buzz First in with our name. Here. Yeah, and, you know, first one here, be on your buzzer. There's only a few of them here. A match made in space. Silas. Silas. Oh, oh. Back to the future. Back to the future, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The next one here. Handbook for the recently deceased. Aaron. Aaron. Beetlejuice. Beetle- Don't say it again. <laughs> Beetlejuice. <laughs> no! That's only, uh, only twice. I didn't see it a third time. Because I, be I stopped fo- myself from saying it. It would be foolish if I said Beetlejuice again. Oh, oh no! No, sandworms. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the exact the result. Ne- <laughs> the next question, or the next one here. The philosophy of time travel. Uh, Silas. Silas. Uh, Donnie Darko. That's correct, yeah. Uh, the next one here. How I did it. <laughs> very, very vague. But the next clue will be the author of the book in the movie. Um, how I did it. God. I'm going to go to the next clue here. By Dr. Victor Frankenstein. Oh, Aaron? Aaron. Is it Young Frankenstein? It is. Young Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, the last one here in this game. It's tied 2-2, so whoever gets this one wins this one. Family of Geniuses. Silas. Uh-huh. Silas. <laughs> the Royal Town of Bombs. That is correct. Yeah. Written by Evelyn Tenenbaum. <laughs> uh, the next game here is uh, Top Four. This is where uh, I'm going to go to each one of you. You guys will uh, each get a chance to uh, name what you guys think is IMDb's listing for the top four. Oh, boy. <laughs> on an IMDb page for the top four actors in this movie being Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams and uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Not Chiwetel. Okay. Well, we can go Chiwetel too as tiebreaker if we need to. <laughs> okay, fine. We got, we got that one. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna start with you, Aaron. Uh, for uh, Rachel McAdams, what do you think is in her top four listing in IMDb? The Notebook. Okay. I'm gonna say Doctor Strange. Okay. McAdams. Um, mean Girls. Okay. And 
probably not it, but game night. You got two out of four. You got the notebook and mean girls. Stylus, okay. you can also get two points here if you can name the other two. Um, about time. Okay. And uh morning glory. That's a that's a, a I like that you went TV as well because these do include TV. Those are not it. It's red eye. <laughs> And Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah, Sherlock Holmes. Or okay. She's Irene Adler. So, Aaron, you have two points there, but but uh, sadly, you get to give up first in the next one here. Elizabeth Olsen, what do you think is in her top four? Which Marvel movies? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Avengers, uh, Avengers, or no, I mean, Avengers Age of Ultron. Okay. Uh, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame. Um, and... There's the one I want to say, but I'm blanking on the title of it. The big, the, the first one? <laughs> you mean Straight Adventures? <laughs> no, the other one. <laughs> uh, feel free to name anything, Silas. Uh, uh, old Boy. You got Avengers Infinity War, so that's one point there. <laughs> But Aaron, you have three other chances now. Okay, well, none, none just, of the other ones that Silas named were on there. Which he ain't. You said Age of Ultron and yeah, Age of Ultron, and he said, um, uh, I think he's. Uh, what was the other? Did you say Endgame? Game? Yeah, I said the Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and Endgame. Okay, uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene. Okay, I'll say Captain America: Civil War. Okay. And uh, Wind River. You got all three of them. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Marcy, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, Wind River, and Captain America Civil War are the other three. Uh, and you get to go first in this next so one. Here. It wasn't the Facebook TV show that she said. It, it was one of them. <laughs> uh, Benedict Wong. Aaron. Wong. Okay. Benedict Wong's top four. Ooh, okay. Damn. Which of these is it going to be? Um, <laughs> I will. Mm, I'll. I'll say Doctor Strange. Okay. I'll say Infinity War. Okay. Now we got to mix it up. Um, Prometheus. Okay. Keep in mind that he could. They sometimes list the opening movie as as uh, one of them as well. What do you mean? Meaning, like they might choose multiverse of madness, even though it's like brand new. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm keeping that in mind. Okay. Um. So you just said Prometheus. Yeah. Um. They wouldn't do the Netflix show. Uh, Sunshine. You got two of them. Yeah. Doctor Strange and Infinity War. All right. Now, Silas, can you name the other two? Uh. No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home, okay. and The Martian. You got The Martian. Ooh, forgot about The Martian. The last one is Annihilation, where he plays Lomax. Oh. Wow, would not have guessed that <laughs> at all. <laughs> at all. Uh, now we move to Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, Silas, you get to go first here. What do you think are in the top four? Uh, Imitation Game. Okay. Doctor Strange. Okay. And it's not not TV, right? 
I mean, it could be TV as well. I can't tell you if it's TV for him specifically, but TV does get included. In oh, but Scott it could Ford. be TV. Then I'm going to say Sherlock. Okay. And uh, Power of the Dog. Okay. You got two of them. Imitation Game and Doctor Strange. Aaron, do you know the other two? Imitation and Doctor Strange. What were the other two you said? Power of the Dog. And... Power of the Dog and mm-hmm. Sherlock. BBC Sherlock. Okay. And which ones did he guess? He guessed Doctor Strange and uh, Imitation Game. Imitation Game. Okay. I will say, I'll say No Way Home. Okay. And it's not the fifth estate. <laughs> you never know. He's been blonde. Um, it's probably still going to be Marvel. Sorry. So it was, he got Doctor Strange and Infinity War. Is that what he said? No, he got Doctor Strange and the Imitation Game. And the Imitation Game. Okay. I will, then I will say what I say already. I said, um, you, uh, you said, um, I said no way home. No way home. Yeah, and I'll then I'll say Infinity War. None of those are on there. Okay. His other remaining two are Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, that's what I was. Damn it. And August Osage County. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) But with that, Aaron, uh, you win the game. Uh, Seven points uh, compared to Silas. You had four. Valiant effort from Silas. But uh, those are the two games. Books, ever heard of them? And top four. Well, thank you for those games. That was fun. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) August of Sage County. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) At least they didn't choose TV because two hotels is going to be pretty hard here. You guys wouldn't have gotten two hotels, I don't think. Uh, And then Stilbarg, I think he... Actually, Stilbarg didn't really have TV. So, anyway. Okay. Let's move on. Let's get to my now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go to the various questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook comments on the podcast. We ask a number of questions to the listeners, and then they give us some answers, and then they have a question for us this week. Uh, so I'm going to start this one off. Uh, and Silas, feel free to throw in any answers if you may come up with any. Uh, first up, who are your favorite movie doctors? Friend of the show, Jordan Grout, says Dr. No. Friend of the show, Brandon Peters, says Dr. Detroit. <laughs> uh, Chris writes Dr. Frankenfurter, Dr. Seth Brundle, and Herbert West. Okay, not technically a doctor, but he can reanimate. Hmm. Thank you, Chris, for being very clear on that because I was going to I was going to ding you for Herbert West, and you're like, oh, he's not a doctor, so good, you you got that continuity. Uh, Michael Lee, friend of the show, writes Doctor Manhattan. Uh, Rob writes, can we say TV doctors because Doctor Spachemin from Thirty Rock is one of my friend funniest characters on TV show ever. No disrespect to Doctor Nick from The Simpsons, who gave him a good run for his money, but still comes in second to Doctor Spachemin from Thirty hmm. Rock. Uh, Todd out friend of the show, writes Doctor Pretorius from The Bride of Frankenstein. Robert writes, I didn't spend six years in evil medical school to be called Mr. Thank you very much. So that's Austin Powers of Dr. Evil. Jay Cluett, friend of the show, writes, Pete Doctor, director of Monsters, Inc. and Up. Also, <laughs> Dr. Alan Grant, Dr. Ellie Sattler, and Dr. Jim Whitlock from Deep Blue Sea, of course. <laughs> uh, Michael Lee uh, pops in again to say, hi, everybody, and writes, Dr. Nick. Uh, Richard writes, uh, Dr. No. And Maxwell Haddad writes, Dr. Richard Kimball. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs> favorite movie doctors um a lot of good options thrown in yeah a lot of wonderful options here i i definitely have to echo dr alan grant and dr ellie statler for having their their heads on their shoulders the whole entire time literally so how's any movie doctors coming to mind yeah a couple um i mean uh dr hunter s thompson deserves a shout out there you go okay yeah 
Um, it, you know, it, when I when I think of fictional doctors, Doctor McCoy comes to mind. He's technically mm-hmm. in movies. So Bones. He, See, I know some Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get um, one extra like this week. Yes. I like. Add, there's a there's an old sci-fi movie I used to watch as a kid called Doctor Cyclops. Oh, um, what's he do? He, he shrinks people. How many eyes? He like lives. Eyes? He like lives in the jungle, and he has like a shrink chamber, and he tricks people into going inside it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then even if you escape, you're tiny, and there's a jungle. Well, that sounds fun. It's fun. It's uh, it's uh, the same guy who directed uh, the original King Kong. Oh, okay. oh. Cooper, eh? Um, I have a couple that I'm surprised didn't come up. Doctor Lecter. Uh, oh, never heard of him. Doc Brown. <laughs> oh yeah. Doctor Loomis. And mm. and of course, Doc Doctor Henry Indiana Jones Jr. <laughs> good good point. Are we sure that Doctor Loomis is a good doctor? I mean, he he did like let Michael escape. He didn't let Michael escape. He got there and he already escaped. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't let him do anything. He he was going to shoot him. <laughs> he was trying to. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess, I guess yes. He fair. got there and all the patients were outside. It's like, oh, he already got out. He actually did shoot him too six times. He did. He shot him a lot. <laughs> and, and did he shoot him in the eye, or is that in part two? Uh, Laurie shoots him in the eye. It's in part two. Both in part eyes. Two. Okay. Yeah, he both just eyes. he just blows him up and then miraculously survives for Halloween four. Yeah. Like he's. I mean, I guess technically, if your doctor shoots you six times, that usually disqualifies him as a good doctor. <laughs> To Aaron's like, point, I mean, the menace was already on the loose. Yeah, like, he was, he, and he was on but, leave, so you know. Yeah. But, you know it's, silence, it's, kind of, it's kind of a what happens in Vegas situation when it comes to doctor licenses, <laughs> especially in Haddonfield or yeah. in Illinois. Yeah, I guess. Oh, also, Doctor Strangelove. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Uh, next question here is: What are some great films dealing with alternate realities? Chris Cleveland has Dark City and Coraline. Brendan Peters from the show has Star Wars: Colon, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one maxwell hadden friend of the show has it's a wonderful life uh luis hernandez writes somewhere in time and dennis lopez writes the lego movie colon the second part <laughs> brand to make me laugh <laughs> <laughs> uh movies of alternate realities um well these are some good ones mm. um Great films. No, I'm just trying to think of not just films I can <laughs> not name. Not just any movie, yeah. Yeah, because I'm like I, Last Action, but I don't like Last Action that much. I'm not. I'm not one of those guys. Um, it's a long movie. You, you know, one that I I love and like, I view it as an alternate universe movie. I don't know if anybody else does. Uh-huh. Um, is a certified copy. Oh yeah, that's oh. a great one. It's a great answer. Um, yeah, it, it it's kind of like if you took like Before Sunrise, but you were looking at it through a slanted like version of time mm-hmm. where the universe slowly becomes a different universe every few minutes, but you, it happens so slowly you don't even see it. Mm-hmm. So it all feels connected. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. That's, that's, that's pretty clever of a, that, of a concept. That's a really great movie. Like if you haven't seen certified copy, I, I, I heartily recommend it. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's, very it's, it's just hypnotic. Yeah. Um, I will throw it. Well, how about everything everywhere all at once? And um, how about groundhog day? Yeah, I mean, he saves that kid, like, how many times? Not enough. <laughs> or too much, some would say. <laughs> would Primer count in this? Or is that, like, just different, like, you know? I, mean, I mean, it's time travel. Uh, yeah. But, I but mean, it's all but predestination, right? But they're all, there are theories, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it could. Okay, so it's the same, same string is what he's doing it on. So it's not really alternate reality. 
I mean, depending on your interpretation of the events, yes. And I think I think the movie's making oh. the argument that it's one singular Got it. reality. Okay. Source right. code is a is a good one. Source, Source code, code? Yeah, that's like the yeah. the the, the, uh, the the alternate version of that. Yeah, I think that was like episode number eight of ours. Maybe, maybe no, early three? on. No, it's it's maybe th- it's like three or four. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Source code is an early episode for us. Well, next question. <laughs> next question is: What's your favorite Sam Raimi movie? Chris writes The Evil Dead's and Darkman. Uh, Maxwell writes uh, Evil Dead 2. Todd writes Spider-Man 2. E- Michael Lee writes Evil Dead 2. Um, three of my favorite movies of all time are Spider-Man 2, Evil Dead 2, and A Simple Plan. So those are my favorite Sam Raimi movies. <laughs> uh, not much change. I, I definitely would say Evil Dead 2. Very fun. Silas, what's your favorite Sam Raimi movie? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel exactly the same way. I, I would... Spider-Man 2 is one of my favorite movies, but I, mm-hmm. I, Evil Dead 2, I think, is the movie that, like, the first time I looked at a movie and thought like, wow, somebody like physically had to make this and they uh-huh. did an amazing job. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I think it happens to Evil Dead too. Fair enough. Yeah. I watched both. Evil- Whenever I watch one, I always watch two because they're short. Movies. You got it. But, but I, got, I had the 4k that I hadn't watched yet. And I watched yeah. them both on 4k last night. Um, they're both very good 4ks. One who, who released them. Uh, it's a it's it's Lionsgate now. I Lionsgate own, directly, okay, yeah. Um, but they they you know one such a cheap movie, but like the 4K does a great job with it as mm-hmm. far as like that goes. But Evil Dead too, you know, it, it's a bigger budgeted film, even, and it I was very impressed by the 4K for Evil Dead too. It looked really good. There you go. And yeah, we still don't even have Simple Plan on uh, Blu-ray. I know. <laughs> sitting here watching all these Paramount presents come out, and I'm like, where's fucking Simple Plan? Is that <laughs> is that the Bill Paxton one? Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Great movie. Uh, that question here is, what are some great films about the dark side of magic? Brandon Peters writes, Double Double Toil and Trouble. <laughs> the Olsen Twins. <laughs> There's like three jokes in that. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Cleveland has Deathgasm, The Vivich, uh, Impedigore, and Versus. Versus, that's a fun answer. Um, the dark, dark side of side. magic. Yeah. Uh, my answer to this is uh, back in the 90s, late 90s, when everybody was getting to witchcraft in junior high school, the craft was very big. So the craft. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm from Maryland, so the Blair Witch is, is big. Oh, there you go. Uh, that's, that's a good one. And I, 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 I love, uh, I, I even love the Blair Witch too. Uh, Book of Shadows. <laughs> there's an amazing uh, like Blair Witch sequel that nobody knows about. For some reason, that was like when the movie came out. There was like an hour-long special that was like a fake documentary. Then they did another fake documentary for Showtime, like a year mm-hmm. later when it premiered on Showtime. And there's this like hour-long Blair Witch movie called The Burkittsville Seven that I loved. Huh. Interesting. I and like your completionist. <laughs> it's a big theme of this episode. Is like Silas's completionist uh, views on all movies that he likes. Are you a fan of I, the I, of the uh, Wingard? Uh, one the most recent one not so much like i i really like adam wingard and i was really excited uh and i was even like i was at comic-con when it was the woods and they revealed it was Blair witch yeah and um it was like a weird like oh i'm i'm in this scenario that almost feels like it was designed to maximize my enjoyment of the movie and i just thought it was fine um more like like i like the off (laughs) how dare you I think one of the amazing things about Blair Witch 2 is like the, the idea behind Blair Witch 2 is like this was a crime that happened sort of 
right after the movie came out and this is a fictionalized version of it and like it's aged really well because it's like a bad turn of the millennium movie but it's supposed to be yeah that's it's like i haven't gone back to revisit that but that's how i how i've come to understand it when i ever think about the sequel and it's like you know I get two hours i'll maybe get to this at some point but <laughs> but i i can admire what it was attempting even if i'm not a huge fan of the results of said thing uh next question we have what other mcu characters would make a great sorcerer supreme uh louis, louis writes um wanda brian white friend of the show writes groot <laughs> and michael writes ned guy in the chair wouldn't be yeah. fun if, if ned was in like the final scene with uh, america and like they're like oh they're both learning magic I mean, that, that's kind of like what I had heard that kind of she, she was supposed to be in No Way Home. And then Ned kind of like is a catalyst for things that have happened with like the multiverse in there. But I would say for this one, um, uh, Fat Thor, like specifically Fat Thor, because then at that point, you're just like, you know, after they go back and get him to like, you know, go save the universe mm-hmm. because he's just like, he's not really sure what to do with himself. But I think that he like, he'd have like the right heart okay silas who would make a great sorcerer supreme Mm. i don't know you're taking this way too seriously (laughs) (laughs) i know i mean the fate of the fate of the multiverse is at stake you don't know but i i'm holding a 20-sided die right now too if you don't choose the right one and i I, I mean I, i love the net idea i I feel like the cool thing with Ned is like there's there's like the hobgoblin connection in the comics and it's like, oh, uh-huh. you could do that with magic potentially if you develop this character, right? Yeah. yeah. I have one answer and one answer only. Yes. It's, it's Pizza Papa. Pizza Papa. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza Papa always gets magic. He gets his revenge. <laughs> is is spherical pizza something that like pizza balls anyone can make? I've is never it, seen it. Uh, you know who does make them? Pizza Papa. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's true. In whichever universe that is, but yeah. I, and if I've if I've come to understand it right, Pizza Papa always gets paid, so it seems like he's doing his job. <laughs> I have also been seeing that uh, people have been calling for Pizza Papa balls to be over at all the Marvel campuses uh, across uh, the the uh, the U.S. The multiverse. If like Anna and I go to Disneyland and they have Pizza Papa selling pizza balls, like that's all I need to do. It is better. Yeah, they better have it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You're gonna have that and like just a Diet Coke and just make what a great day. Um, the next question here uh, before we get to the question for all of us is who's rocking the best hairstyle in the MCU? Michael Lee writes Killmonger and Wenwu Shang Chi. Uh, Chris Cleveland has easy pick Blade. Uh, Brandon nice. Peter says Leah Thompson in Howard the Duck. Uh, Luke Y. Thompson writes, uh, Aminate, uh, Moon Knight, hair as a crocodile tail. Uh, Todd Liebenau has Kurt Russell in Guardians 2. Jeff has Ghost Rider. I don't know if he's talking about like the flaming hair or is he talking about like Nick Cage? He's talking about Ghost Rider, the flaming hair. Okay. And then Chris uh, Windsor writes, Powered up Fat Thor's hair was pretty badass. Uh, it, was like it, was, it was braided, basically. It was like nasty braids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about you guys? Any any best hairstyles? I mean, Killmonger would be my easy answer as well. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the dreads, yeah, with the, with, with the side dreads and everything. Both both that version and like his bookworm character version in the, the first when he's first <laughs> with introduced. The yeah, <laughs> I can tell you, it was the worst hair. It's uh, Downey in Iron Man two when it's like really poofy, like he's like subbing in for Pacino sometimes or something. Like it's. <laughs> 
Now, if he had done a Pacino impression in that movie, it would have been pretty fun. Sure. <laughs> our best hairstyle in the MCU. Mm. I, I, I don't have enough of a sense of style to judge people's hair. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'm just like going down the line here. And it's like, you know. Because like Chiwetel was rock, rocking some 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 dreads with his with his in, wig in this one, yeah, in this one, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm just gonna go with uh, a familiar answer, and we'll go with um, <laughs> we'll go with Ned again. <laughs> I don't know. He's got like the most basic like, hair. Is... <laughs> I don't even know. Sorry, sorry, Silas. What does does the antlers that Hella has count? Yeah, sure. I'm gonna like count it. Yeah, part of our headgear ensemble. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got a question here from Alessandro Masia. He writes, "If you could move to a different universe that was identical to ours in every way except for one thing, what would be different?" So basically, what would you eliminate from our universe? Oof. So different universe with one thing that's different. I mean, you know, Alessandro, if you move one thing, a lot of things change. Not necessarily. I mean, <laughs> I was about to say. You know, when they go to the Simpsons universe, when Homer, I was gonna bring they, this up too. I mean, who wouldn't want to have a tongue that they could use to slurk up? Like that just seems useful to me. Plus, it's, it rains donuts there. This is oh my god, <laughs> the same same thought gonna, exactly. I would thought. be like, I would choose donuts as rain. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so weird that you're like, we chose the exact same episode <laughs> in an infinite universe. We had the same thought, by uh, what about you, Silas? Yeah, I, I mean, as soon as you say a donut universe, it's hard to not want to move to the donut <laughs> exactly. universe. Um, can I can I also throw out? I was really happy. Uh, this is vaguely related, but that the the first universe they go to in Doctor Strange, uh, the red lights and green lights are reversed. Yeah, that's also the distinguishing trait of the first universe they go to in Sliders. Wow, the TV show. Yep. What the, what's hold on? What is the other Sliders you'd be thinking of? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe the follow-up to Good Burger, like their sequel, sliders. <laughs> Where Keenan Nikel makes smaller burgers. I watched most of Sliders, but I did not. For, I did not remember that that was a yeah, thing. I remember that either. That, that's, that's, that's I, I like the idea that that uh, that either the writer or someone at at Marvel Studios is like, you know what? There's an episode of Sliders where they had red meat go, and Sam was like, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. <laughs> if Jerry O'Connell is in one of the backgrounds, I'm gonna be like, Silas is right about everything. Don't count him out. <laughs> you know, if Mystique shows up and Jerry O'Connell's like, and I'm her husband, like that's that. You know, he just pops in. There. <laughs> Um, all right, that was that on feedback. Feedback, 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 and that is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's out now. There, and you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeke.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write for leadentertainment.com where my movie reviews, as well as at Wise to Blue for Blu ray and Criterion reviews, do some variety stuff occasionally. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe, you find more fun stuff over my Instagram, abe.mula, and twitter.com slash walrus moose. Hashtag we go on red. Silas Lesnick, where can people find more of you online? Uh, so I've sort of moved away from writing and now I develop uh, augmented reality uh, movie tie-ins, uh, which we actually have for Doctor Strange. Whoa. So uh, if you go to the, the Regal uh, Theaters app, there's a there's like a little game you can play that have portals open up in your environment. And it's fun. Nice. That sounds fun. You got to bust <laughs> out that app. Um, but yeah, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now Therapy on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at atnotpodcasts at gmail.com. Right on our Facebook, well, facebook.com slash atnotpodcast, or you can tweet us at twitter.com 
slash out now underscore podcast or follow us on instagram at instagram.com slash underscore podcast as well uh silas thank you very much for uh, joining thank us you silas evening. oh yeah thanks for having me glad to have you on here glad to this talk really some, good some ramey and strange with you uh, that's going to do for this week's episode. Next week, we're not sure yet. There's uh, not a there's this fire starter, but I don't think that's going to be a main thing that we're going to cover. So we'll, to be determined as far as next week's episode goes. But that is going to do it for now. So until next time, so long and goodbye. sure to approve this you know that we will use all these words against you if we need to <laughs> or you don't have to approve it at all we're still going to use them against you <laughs> this is how the law works in america that's a, that's that zoom justice or zj zoom justice. <laughs> yeah all right let's do this it's coming to stars it's a new show 50 cents a producer oh Curtis, i'm looking Kurt, forward to it Curtis 50 cent checks exactly thank you yeah in the quotes <laughs> yeah. 50 cents